Welcome one and all to episode 35 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Today is May 11th, 2020. I'm Chris, the editor of Megavisions, and joining me this week is Sketchcraft and Scotty. How's it going, guys? Yo, Monday night. Hey, how about that UFC? Ooh, that was actually a pretty good show. Uh, I, I, good I could do without that. I could do without crowds forever. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I, I wish that they could just do it like this uh, and not have a bunch of like drunk hillbillies screaming for people to commit murder in the ring. Well, it's Florida, so you know, in the ring. But the minute you step outside, you know, right? No, it was it, it felt weird, man, because. Uh, this was like the first real sporting event that has kind of come back since uh, the whole pandemic has swept the world. Uh, and it felt kind of nice in, in a way of like it brought back a little bit of normalcy for me, at least, uh, because I'm I'm a big UFC fan. So it just it felt kind of interesting from that standpoint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, didn't the, didn't the WWE do like a WrestleMania with no people in it? They did a WrestleMania. It was super lame. I don't know about <laughs> it. It was the worst. Uh, they should. I wish they just would never have done it. Is that on the? That's on the online, right? Because I got if that. If you have the WWE Network, yes, you will have access I, to WrestleMania. I have to go watch how poorly that went over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did do a couple scripted because they it went over two days this year, which was the first time WrestleMania has been over two days. Um, but they probably should have been doing it that way for a while now because WrestleManias are typically like a six to seven hour show, which is just insane hmm. to try to sit through that much wrestling in one like go. But um, they had a couple hmm. scripted uh, like uh, matches, which are pretty cool, like AJ Styles versus The Undertaker and some sort of like weird, like wrong turn style match like out in the woods. It was super creepy, uh, but that was interesting, and I think that could be something that could really stick uh, with kind of like the next evolution of what is wrestling. Uh, I think that could be pretty interesting, having like more of like produced, uh, pre-recorded uh, matches and stuff like that. More of those type of things could be pretty cool. Okay, all right. WrestleMania, baby. Interesting. So we have Scotty's like, Scotty could care less. I, like, I don't. Well, you know. well, Scotty could care less about WWE pro wrestling and WrestleMania. I do have some pretty exciting news that I think even Scotty uh, will wet his pants over. Megavision's nine is done, ladies and gentlemen. Like we are finished with it. It is sitting right here in front of me right now. It is a real thing. It is physical as physical that it can be. Bow, 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 bow. Cut, print, ship. Uh, I, there were times where it felt like this issue would never get finished, guys. Um, and Sketch, I think you could probably feel me on that. Uh, more than Do anywhere. tell. Yeah, huh. yeah. Um, but this has been an issue in the, like, it feels like a year in the making. It's, it's taken so long to get it done. Like, we've hit, like, so many just different roadblocks in our productivity, everything else. Like, this has just been, the like, the most... Uh, like stressful, not necessarily stressful, but just like it just took so long to get done. Um, and a lot of it, the stuff was just like way outside of our own uh, control. That you know, we just had to kind of go with the flow with it after a while, and just you know, it's just going to get done when it gets done. But let's just try to make the best possible product that we can, um, and make up for it. You know? Yeah, you know, 
you know, guys, there's a reason why magazines look the way they do. <laughs> they're done. They're done quickly. Because those uh, things, yeah, are, are done in such a way where you can you can do the the layout in like two days. Yes, yes. So that's not what we do here. Um, I don't anticipate this much time again, but it's going to be interesting that every issue presents its you know presents its own challenges. But the next issue, Chris is going to be doing a lot of the, the graphic design based off my direction, and then um, when he fucks that up, I'll probably have to come in and fix it. Yep, so that's what happened. <laughs> and then I'll be streaming and cursing and talking yep. shit about Mega Visions and <laughs> promoting all the other gaming magazines. <laughs> but um, cool part is, you know, I've shown the magazine to a few people and they instantly like jumped on the Patreon. You know what I mean? So, and these some of these people, I don't want to say who they are, but some of these people, you know, they're they're former game magazine makers. You know, who are like super critical of me once. So it was super nice to get some, you know, some, hey, Rob made something that was actually good. I'm like, I'll take that, you know, like, <laughs> take yep. whatever I can get at this point. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I will say this, man, like, I, I like, I think, and this is, I, I'm not sitting here trying to like toot our own horn, but this is more of like me being proud of like your design direction sketch, though, is that um, I think we are the most stylized uh, indie video game magazine. Uh, out there like there's just there's nothing that it looks as original and just as fresh i think uh from a style and 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 design standpoint than like what we're doing right now um i i I enjoy the other magazines i subscribe to pretty much every other indie magazine but um i feel like ours is the only one that's like trying to take like a new and radical approach uh to design and layout uh just overall style and so that's one of the things like i'm super proud of what we've been able to kind of carve out uh, like just our own identity from a visual standpoint it doesn't take long to pick up a issue of mega visions and realize like this is something completely different than what you'd be uh expecting from a video game magazine one way or the other you know what i mean <laughs> i appreciate it. this um yeah i just hope that you know when people say style you know that that, that that's not at the sacrifice of clarity. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want it to be obnoxious, you know, like, I mean, I live, breathe, you know, uh, whatever. 90s gaming magazines. And I mean, sure. you know, this, I've, I, I'm, I'm always referencing something from an issue of game fan or mm-hmm. gamers Republic or play or Nintendo power. As if Chris knows that exact page. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, yeah, you know, on issue uh, 15, uh, page 24, you know, they're doing that one layout for the Final Fantasy. He's like, what are you fucking talking about? So, <laughs> so um, but I mean, I do, I've done nothing, but over the past 10 years, endlessly dig through every magazine. And then when I made Game Fan, I made something that was, you know, fun, but at times obnoxious. And it was like, how, how do you distill the clarity of something like Play Magazine or Next Gen Magazine? with the artfulness the the best parts of the artfulness of something like a game fan or a Nintendo power, you know, the, the better parts Not when I say Nintendo power, don't go find the worst fucking layout and go like that shit. Like, no, not like that. You know, like, it's not, it's not what Rob is talking about. Um, and I think what's cool about this issue, aside from just the sheer amount of art we have in it is, you know, we're starting things that it starts to look a little bit more like a comic book in some ways, you know what I mean? Like it starts to look less like, uh, 
news and reviews and stuff, you know? So um, the hope is moving forward. We'll just, we already have a complete, I'll, I'll say this concerning the next issue. We have a completely new format for the cover, right? Yep. Right, Chris? This another, is another time we're ever going to do something like this. And I am super excited about it. I haven't looked, I'm not going to say what it is right now, but I, 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 uh, I sent Chris a bunch of, I remember it was funny. I was like, you know, I'm not going to touch this thing for like a month. And then it, that night I sent him like six fucking ideas. So like, <laughs> right, I know that was hilarious. as Chris was trying to like push the issue out the door. So it's like, I know you don't want to see the next issue while you're <laughs> yeah. trying to, I'm like, Hey, look at this other cool shit yeah. we could be doing. You're like, yeah, I fucking know, man. I'm trying to get this. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn it, Rob. But I haven't looked at it since I sent you that stuff until this morning. And overall, I'm like, yeah, that's that's where we should be moving forward with every issue. So mm-hmm. I'm super excited about, about I, that. I think I sent that to you uh, too, Scotty, uh, to take a look at. Yeah, no, I looked at stuff that I also will not talk about, but I did see it. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks it good. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be more... It's not changing the look. It's just another refinement, you know? And Evolving. I think over the next... Yeah, over the next three or four issues, there'll be more, you know, iterations, more refinement until you, until we get to that point where I'm like, stop, that's just, dude. It's 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 never gonna stop because you're just too artistic, uh, and I think you probably get bored with doing the same old, same old uh, well, for very long, and you're just gonna constantly iterate. It's constantly gonna change and evolve, and I think that's a good thing. Like you don't want to stay stagnant. Not over the whole magazine, though. What I'll do is I'll be like, hey, we could do this one thing here, you know, yeah. we could add yeah. this thing there. Right now, for these past three issues, it's been like the fucking magazine, like just iterating, iterating. I mean, go open up that summer preview we did two years ago, you know, when and put it next to this, and Probably I mean, you see it because like those, there's only like fifteen issues in existence of those, and people will want them once they hear about it. And I got ten of them just sitting here. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's my, that's how I'm retiring, buddy. There will you be know, someone so. trying to find that because once this magazine gets insanely popular. People are going to find that out. They're like, oh, shit, there's like an, an, a zero issue of Megavisions, and they're going to try to, like, find all of them, and we handed them all out at E3, like, 2000, what, 15, like, 16 or something like that? No, it was 2018. It was when Spyro was there, because I was, like, so happy to be at E3 with the game I worked on. I was like, I'm That's here, I did right. it, I did it. I got a magazine and a game. I win, <laughs> I win E3, you know? And then Jason Shower was like, Oh, you're making a magazine? Uh, not the best time to be doing that, huh? And I'm like, thanks, dude. Yeah. Or working at Kotaku right now. So No, he's not. He uh actually mm-hmm. he left. He's going to Bloomberg to head up their gaming. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. So like I think there's there's been kind of a mass exodus from Kotaku, uh their senior, I guess, uh production team uh over the past couple of months, you know, kind of starting with uh him. Um, no, that's all good. It's, it, it was fun to be there to see that, uh, you know, standpoint for, for you, uh, Sketch, just to, you know, kind of see your game there. We're showing off Megavisions, and we just had a blast. It was a really good time. And for me, like, the last time I was there was abject failure. Like, the last time I was there was the last issue of Game Fan I worked on. It was the launch of the Wii U. I was super excited about when I got to play it. It was not what I was hoping. Um, <laughs> the magazine, although it looked cool, just... I was there representing a whole company I had no control over. You know, I had no passes to get into E3 because I didn't do my, my oh, shit my. right. I had to talk. I talked my way into a press pass, which, you know, you know how hard that is, uh-huh. dude. So, um, and so this time it was super nice to 
to, to have that experience. I mean, that might be the last E3 we ever go to, you know. All it could be. I mean, we don't know. It's, it's the craziest thing about it. Um, I got a question for Scotty, though, mm-hmm. right? Scotty, what was your, 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 I mean, is there anything on the issue this time that was like, you know, like you were like, yeah, I'm proud of that or fuck this shit? Like, you know, was there anything? Like, <laughs> you can be uh... honest. I don't, you know. I, I like the game versus game thing because that was A, the turtles, and B, just how how big it is. And I, I love those giant um, game screenshots and everything. And I like the uh, <clears throat> the snotty, snotty mo and hot pot because that reminds me of all those silly mascots that like some of the writers used to take on as their own um, – what's it? Oh, shoot. What's it? I guess pen name or whatever you call it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, they, so a game fan that used to have these – in Game, you know, Game these Pro have these code names, right? Game yeah. Pro took that too, right? So it was like they'd have a name like Nightmare, but it was really a writer. And part of that was to cover up the fact there was like three people writing. Oh, the no other doubt. thing yep. was because when they would rewrite, they never wanted to rewrite, and it'd be like Dave kind of would always rewrite shit, and he didn't mm-hmm. want his name on everything, so he'd have he'd be E Storm or some other fucking name. Yeah. When I was at Game Pass, I told him we should take these and just make them characters. You know, yeah, and he yeah. was like so they're not real i'm like no 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 no. he's like well we have to have credit that's how we i'm like what do you mean cre- you don't need credits in the back you know like fucking whatever so <laughs> I'm, I'm, like- <laughs> I'm literally holding a game fan magazine because i swung by my mom's and grabbed a bunch of issues of stuff and some of these names are the judge ego fury the sixth man like those things yeah so this time i've created a bunch of monsters um, and I have them categorized, and I got a bunch of names, and we're going to roll out a few every issue, and there's rivalries, and so this was the first time we have our three main mascots, and then with the next issue, we'll have those three, and then every issue, I'll drop in a few more, and they're not going to write reviews or nothing, but what we're going to do is we're going to put them in, instead of doing like things like pull quotes, you know, we got a big quote next to a game or something, mm-hmm. we have to come up with something snarky, we'll just give the characters something to say, you know, or maybe in a interview like they'll ask a question and it's just kind of funny you know but um especially want to give them like a voice and kind of like a life within the magazine i think that's yeah. pretty cool it'd be fun to watch them interview the ouya you know see how that went, how can <laughs> went for you know <laughs> oh, remember the ouya yeah it's in my I, trunk. Love, I was all on board with the ouya i'm day one man if you i am like i think i probably hold the record of supporting more uh like day one failures in terms of like video game uh systems and publications and other things like that like i oh i would always jump on board with whatever system was doomed for failure uh i i've done that i perfected it uh it's just one of those weird things in my life like i just i don't know is that is that why the stadia is still slightly alive because you haven't supported it I have stayed away from the stadium as much as I well, can. Uh, but that's well, probably why, Scotty. You're right. <laughs> I, okay, so two things. One, I, I definitely hold the world record for how long someone's kept an Ouya in their trunk. I mean, it's going on over oh, a year probably. now. Mm. Um, but two, I did tag Chris on this game that looked like a total throwback to Wave Race. They were even like, we really studied the wave physics to get oh, the Wave yeah. Race feel. And it looks like this awesome... It's like a, a, a waveboarding game, but like imagine like if you, you use boats like you would skateboards. Like it's not realistic and it's little cartoon characters. And it's on Stadia. And I'm like, God damn it. You know, <laughs> I hope that makes its way to other systems, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that looks really legit. Um, Wave Race is one of the, like, the only uh, Nintendo 64 games I really enjoyed. You know, like I've, I've, I've went on... Uh, 
record as saying like the Nintendo 64 was one of my most hated systems ever. I just really didn't like it. But uh, Wave Race was amazing, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that game. Yeah, I think this game is called Wave Break. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, it it's is. I just found it too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What a it's weird thing. The There's no way a game like that, like like of Wave Race 64's caliber, could be a launch title for a console in today's world. Such a weird thing. It, it should be on the Switch. Yeah. You know, but that gets me back to when it comes to, like, you know, we'll get to it a little bit later, but anytime they get ready to launch a system, these days it's like, what giant game is launching with your system? And I'm always like, why don't they just come out with games that are at the same scale as Pilot Wing 64 or Wave Race, you know what I mean? Like, or Mario 64, not just typical racing games, but just do a game at that scale. Like, it's a smaller team, it's got a good six to 10 hour experience, you know, play control when driven. It, when it came out, it, it was that one game that was like, um, oh shit, what is that one, uh, really kind of futuristic racer that came out on PlayStation back in the day? Wipeout? Oh, yeah, Wipeout. Yeah. Yes. So it was a wipeout style game. Um, it came out like right when Are you the talking Switch about released. extreme. Oh, you're talking about that. I thought you were talking about ex- extreme G. Um, I don't know what. I don't know if that's what it is. No, it wasn't. It, it it was it, it was an entirely new like uh, IP that came out. It was essentially like a wipeout clone, but just done in like current uh, like graphics and everything. It was really cool. But it's it's kind of going to what you're saying, and I'm, I'm in complete agreement. I think games of like smaller scale like that, um, but just that offer like a really fun gameplay experience is awesome for a launch uh, title. Uh, for, was it called something. Fast RMX? Because uh, it looks like that. It just looks like the future sleds, the sci-fi. What system are we talking about? He said Switch. I, I lost. Switch. Yeah, screen. yeah, that's well, what it wasn't it first party driven. I'm talking about no. first party driven. Yeah, or maybe Xenon Racer or something, Chris. I don't know. I'm just googling. Yeah, no, it's Fast RMX. Okay, that's a bad name. <laughs> yep, not good for the SEO. Mm-mm. Oh well. Yeah. So, um, but let's let's get into like what we've been ta- like playing and and watching and just kind of what we've been up to. Uh, in this crazy new reality of ours, uh, sketch. I know you've been, you know, super busy finishing up this issue of the magazine. But aside from that, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Playing Valkyria Chronicles Four. Oh, God. We're still on what? that, aren't we? I look when I play something, I play it till it's over. So the next fifty podcasts are gonna be me playing Valkyria Chronicles four. <laughs> yeah, I remember and Dragon specific- Quest eleven. That was half a year, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's a full year actually. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. But I beat it. So yep. playing Valkyria Chronicles four. And I'd like to say I've made it very far, but I liked I, I like I like the battle grind. So I'm getting all my classes up to level ten. Um I'm close. I'm close. I managed to unlock a couple skirmishes, some extra characters. There is a character I unlocked um, through, um, well, really, I got to use through a flashback sequence. And his character, I think his name is Stanley. And they drew him in a way where, I drew him, but he's designed in a way when I, when you you look at a character, you're like, that dude's going to be a character. Like, there's something about his design. Yeah, yeah. So I I picked him on this battle. And, you know, he's doing typical, all, all the voices are in Japanese. I don't listen to English dubs, right? So it's all Japanese voices. And, you know, he's, he seems to be all right. He's doing his thing. And then 
I I don't know. I did something, and he got killed. Oh no! And he and out of nowhere, he yells, "Oh God!" <laughs> Like it just goes oh, no. on, man. I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. I was like, "I knew there was something up with this dude." You know, I I just knew it. So yeah, I I really enjoy the game. Again, if you're not into tactics, turn based, or visual novel like stories, stay the fuck away from Valkyria Chronicles 4. <laughs> but, but if you do like that, and if you like the music from Final Fantasy Tactics, um, same composer from Tactics 12, Vagrant Story, and all the other Valkyria Chronicles, and you're in for a treat. I super love it. So. I'll, I'll say this about uh, Valkyria Chronicles. Like The thing that I, I love about it is, yes, it's turn-based, but it also... It's like this like weird hybrid where it is turn-based, uh, from a, like a strategy standpoint, but you also get the satisfaction of like kind of like a third person shooter in some respects. It's like a hybrid of that um, because it does give you control of each character, and instead of just like moving them over like a few different quadrants uh, as you would in a lot of other you know like two D strategy games, in this one like you take control of a unit on a map. And then it kind of like plucks you down like right on the battlefield um, in a third person view of that character and you get to move them around and then actually like aim and then fire or, you know, heal or, you know, just do an action, uh, you know, within like the actual battlefield itself. And and that makes it, you know, like so much more uh, like just fun and uh, immersive than a typical like turn-based strategy game you know what i mean uh i could play them both ways you know yeah it, so it just I it, modernizes it, and it makes it way more accessible to people today i think oh, it's accessible to people today yeah so look i don't want to hear about the turn base is a problem with, with people today who out there they play board games and magic and they don't have any problem waiting 35 minutes to wait their turn on a slasher board game in the middle of jersey right in the middle of the night <laughs> Waiting, waiting thirty five minutes to take your turn, Chris. So, so who plays a game like that? But... <laughs> I have no clue, no clue. While the waters rise, I'm like, by the time it's my turn, we're going to be underwater, all of us. So you know, you um, never no, got but wet. I also like that. Just artistically, it 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 doesn't go down the whole looking realistic path. I mean, there's cross hatching right. in the engine, and mm-hmm. and really, uh, there's comic book fonts, and they didn't just use bada boom if you know what that it looks like is. a dream in a lot of ways you know it's like a it's it's very dreamy yeah and and you know the the age and the characters do have their own personalities so mm-hmm. um yeah like i really enjoy it and if you're into that sort of thing you can get i think you can get it for like 12 between 12 and 20 bucks on playstation yeah no, i i got a super good deal on the uh like the collector's edition it came with like a giant tank and all this other stuff and i got it for you know like 30 40 bucks from gamestop you know like a year ago or something but um, did you ever play the game oh yeah i've played it because i bought it digitally before that but i just bought that um the collector's edition uh i, I i'm not super far into it i'm probably like less than 10 hours but it is a very very good game i i want to get back to it yeah, at some point we'll have to put it in the magazine. You know, Absolutely. Something. Have we never done a Valkyrie Chronicles? Mm. No, we have not. So we'll oh. we'll get to there. It's not going to be this okay. next issue because we're already in production on that. But mm. um, 
yeah, we'll get that in there sooner, sooner than later. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, that series is. Uh, I'm I'm not into turn based. I'm even less into um, uh, tactics RPGs. But I've I've watched the first one. I watched a roommate play through the the first whole game because I just enjoyed the uh, the style and everything. And it switches around. Enough stuff is still going on during the battles that you're not just watching a grid of nine people or something. So it's it's fun to even just watch. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If you're playing um, Animal Crossing and you complain about how long it takes to play a turn-based game, and I got no patience for you. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, yeah. You can watch anything that you want to talk about. What we do in the shadows. Oh, the the the, the movie or the TV show? The TV show, season oh, two. Oh, it's so good, dude! It's really, really good. They got a hell of a budget increase this season too. Yeah, they did. Lots of special effects, like the whole ghost episode. First uh, episode right off the bat, you know, yeah. like yeah. I'm I'm surprised there hasn't been that many um TV shows that were adopted from a movie um that have been able to at least I guess like equal the amount of like just awesomeness as the movie did. Um you probably can't count on like one hand how many TV shows were able to kind of just like reach the greatness of whatever the source material was. Um, but this one is it, man. Like I, like I'm a huge fan of the the movie. Uh, but the characters in the TV show is is every bit as good if you're a diehard fan. Yeah, and it's not a remake of the movie. I get that all the right. time. Like, is it a remake? I'm like, no, and Fargo isn't a remake either. It's mm-hmm. only the only other show I can count that's actually surpassed the movie in a lot of ways, you know. And yeah, but this is a shared universe. It's just instead of New Zealand, it takes place in uh, Staten Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's, it's about you know like a bunch of uh, vampires that live in an in an apartment together, uh, and it's just their the, the daily hijinks that they go through. It's crazy. And watching Romanian chicks say Staten Island over and over again never gets old. You know what I mean? Staten yeah. Island. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> yeah, she she steals the whole show, man. Uh, his wife, what's her? I can never remember the character's name. I know Gizmo. You know. Uh-huh. So oh. yeah, I know, right? Damn, I I can't remember. Yeah, I know. I can. I'm horrible with There's names. Nandor so. the Relentless. Yeah, it was Nandor. Naja, Naja. Naja. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she uh, steals the show, dude. She's, she's so good. Have you seen any of that, Scotty? Uh, just what you guys um watched mm-hmm. at Too Many Games, the Too Many Games weekend. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. You should definitely like uh, check it out. I, th- I think I don't. It's it's on what AMC? I think. Uh, I think Hulu. it's on Hulu or Netflix. Is it on Hulu? Yeah, dude. I buy, I buy it. I buy. I just buy the seasons on Amazon because I'm gonna keep them. You know, watch them over and over again. So I definitely yeah. think it's a show that you and uh, your girlfriend would enjoy watching. Well, Rachel's together. seen the movies, so she wants to watch that. We're making our way through. We can't really do more than one series at a time. We're still going mm-hmm. through the Good Place right now, but we'll probably we'll see. Uh, maybe that'll be next. Oh, that would be a good one. It's just very lighthearted and just. Easy, mm-hmm. easy going. It just it's it. The episodes move really quickly, and they're a lot of fun. And you'll you'll fall in love with the characters. They're they're great. It's 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 a fun show to watch, for sure. So it kind of. Um, I mean, I only saw a snippet since I think we watched one, maybe two episodes. But it almost reminded me of the vibe of like the Venture Brothers cartoon. How you have these ridiculous scenarios, but with people dealing with them in real life. If that makes sense. It, it does, it, in, in a way, it does kind of blend in, like, the uh, you, you definitely get just 
the other half of people who live in Staten Island and are just kind of going about their daily business, but you they're also interacting with these like centuries old vampires that are just really ridiculous and, and, and silly. Um, it's it's just fun, dude. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about that show enough. So sketch, good job bringing that one up. It's <laughs> now I stop talking, Scotty. You do it, you <laughs> uh, Scotty. What have you been playing? What have you been watching, buddy? Um, we haven't watched a whole lot lately. We watched uh, we like Ben Schwartz, and we caught um him and uh, Tom Middleditch's improv special. The it's just called Middleditch and Schwartz. If you like improv, I'd say check it out. Um, there's only three episodes on there, but uh, it's fun. It's it's a good brainless, just turn your mind off and and laugh at ridiculous things. Um. Other than that, though, I decided after I bought two copies of Streets of Rage, since I got that classic edition and the PC version for the for streaming purposes, I realized I should probably just plunk down the money for Panzer Dragoon so I can play that before or whenever the classic edition gets shipped to me. So I did finally play that. Um, I do understand the complaints. Uh, I... D- the load time is kind of absurd between levels because they're not as big as like a Spider-Man New York. I don't know, but um, I have a question: mm-hmm. Is it is it just trying to emulate CD load times to give you that authentic uh, retro feel? Maybe because it feels like <laughs> it. Like I, I was like sitting there like wondering like if for the first level from the title screen. I'm like, did this break? Am I like what's going on? But I don't know. So, it, but it looks really good. Um, it plays all right. The the reticle and you might be able to uh, uh, attest to this as well, Chris, since you streamed it, the reticle can get a little confusing and kind of lost with the background because the reticle is colorful, but then the background is more colorful than I think it was on the Saturn, so it's harder to really find... Since It's hard to even explain the reticle because it's like almost a, a tube, but you have like three different size things to match up and do your homing shot and everything, but um, it's not bad. I... I I feel it's weird because I think I want it to be better just because of the re- reactions to the FF7 remake and Resident Evil 3 remake and like not Streets Rage 4 isn't a remake but just like more um imaginings of older things. I think I wish that the remake was of Panzer Dragoon was uh on those levels but I'm still satisfied with it. Uh it's super short. I'm going to try to go through it on hard mode and unlock stuff but digging that um I did finish Resident Evil Director's Cut with Rachel, and I got one of the worst endings in the game. <laughs> Very unhappy about that, but uh, so, to the point that I looked up the better ending to show her like what should have happened because I was just flabbergasted. And she's like, oh, that ending's better than yours. I'm like, oh, I know it is. But um, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's a dumb thing where I missed like one decision that I didn't even know was a decision a passive thing that I didn't do in it in it in it um uh snowballs and other crap. But so I got a bad ending, but whatever. Uh but more exciting though, on Wednesday I streamed um I think I, I don't remember if I mentioned on here that I was reading Sean Long or RGT eighty five's uh thirty second thirty two X guide and I had finished that, which is decent and it has reviews of every game in the library. And it made me realize, you know, I should start to play more of my 32x collection so i streamed mm-hmm. the game tempo uh on wednesday have either of you guys heard of that or ever seen it it's a it's a i know of it i've never actually played it though yeah it... i played it and um, okay we also um i had a 32x so we played the shit out of everything nice. i also watched austin mackart from gameplay and talk he played through it recently too 
Oh, weird. You know, he loves it, but it's just, it, he's like, yeah, you know, you almost wish the game could move at like two times the speed, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just, it just moves slow, but creatively, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's just, it's really, it's just really beautiful to look at because everybody that was hopping in the chat was like, is this a Genesis game? I'm like, no, this is 32X. Like there was a significant jump in color output on this thing. Um, and just the sprite work on on tempo himself and everything and and it is a it, a true blue platformer you're not just going from left to right you're really exploring all angles of the levels and uh i i had never put maybe like 20 minutes into it so i i ended up finishing the game that night but um the it has a cool different system at least different from most most platformers i've played where it is more score based and you earn coins that you can then use to buy yourself uh buy yourself into mini games or bonus levels and um there there are three bonus levels there's one where it's you're just doing they're all rhythm based but there's one where you're doing like kung fu moves or karate moves or something there's another one where you're just doing like tricks on a surfboard and then there's another one that makes no sense but it's great you're just trying to sneak slices of pizza while your wife is watching tv and if she catches you she punches you right in the face it's so ridiculous and very 90s and like it's it's um you know, this was before, you know, DDR or Guitar Hero or any of those. So the rhythm game itself would, it, there'd be music and there's a flash on the screen that says now, uh, like a little word bubble when you have to hit A or hit a button at that time. But that only happens on the first wave. So it would be like, you'd hear the music, it'd be like, da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da, A button, you know. But it speeds up with each wave. So I got in the zone with that thing. So it was going like da 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 da, and then the next level like da 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 da, and then it gets so crazy. It's like da 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 da, and I oh boy, it was it was fun. A drummer probably came in handy. Like dude, I suck at rock band and guitar hero and those things on drums because I'll sit there and play the actual drum beat that I know for the songs, and unless I'm using like that crazy ion kit or something nuts, I just I it it doesn't I can't. I can't like turn my brain off to not hear the you, song if that makes sense. You're feeling the music like too much. I guess so. I'm, I'm just like I'm too good. Is off. what you're saying, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you uh, that, Scott. Sure. <laughs> but um, no tempo is really good, and I was very I was pleasantly surprised because uh, it's just I, I want to try to find the Game Gear game or find a way to play that or maybe the Saturn game as well because everybody was really digging it too that was watching so I it probably is one of my best if not my best stream just because it was such a surprise and a, and one of those unknown gems I guess um, so I'm going to try to give the 32X some more um, screen time here and there but uh, it, it was really neat and it's sad that that console had potential but just you know everything else around it was all poorly planned but um, tempo was good I dug it so that's that's really dark, most of what uh, I did though. Sixteen bit era for for Sega, like yeah, kind of the latter half there. Yeah, kind of limped it, it kind of like limped itself along the finish line. It felt like very much so, very much so. But yeah, I recommend if, if you are trying to collect for the thirty two X, find Tempo. It's it's worth. Uh, what is it going for? Like a uh, complete. Uh, it, I actually brought that up because it is. Um, well, I guess we could just answer one of our questions now because uh, Caesar in the Discord asked. Uh, um, whatever price it's going for right now, is Temple still worth Tempo still worth getting for the 32X? So according to GameValue.now, nope, GameValueNow.com, um, loose it's 47 bucks, complete is almost 60 bucks. I don't know that it's worth that much. Um, if if you that's on the kind of average side, unfortunately for the 32X library, uh, considering it's 
an exclusive, but I haven't played the Saturn version. However, if you want the Saturn game, Super Tempo, it's Japanese only release and it goes for like half a grand or something insane. So, oh my God, nope. Yeah, so <laughs> there's just maybe... no reason why these games haven't been ported to other. You know what I mean? They're yeah, just... this one especially. This yeah. Well, I think I don't it's lost hear in copyright it'll take, nonsense or whatever. It'll take some effort. Whatever. You know, like, I don't know, man. There's like every every three months we get a new Yakuza game. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's there's other things for Sega to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's I other agree. things. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, the Polymega plays 32X games. That'll be maybe a more reasonable way to find a 32X device than finding an actual 32X. So... I, right, dude. I can't say that it's worth sixty bucks. If you can find I'd it for like seventy five on a brand new factory sealed tempo. Boof. Yeah. I <laughs> I I'd say do I if you can find it like less than thirty, that's my for harder to find cartridges, I, I it, it hurts me to pay more than that. But this was a weird time where like I saw this, you know, when blocks but blockbusters were like going out of businesses and I'm like, ooh, some sort of Sega game that I don't know, and it was probably like five bucks or something, so the way um, the way I try to look at it though too is like if I'm gonna spend sixty dollars, like how many brand new sixty dollar games could I buy that I probably would would buy but not cherish, you know? Like or yeah. could I take a look at this like tempo game on the thirty two X that is one of the very best games on that system and it's a collectible game and I could spend the same amount as like the the new fucking UFC or the new Madden or whatever, and mm, it's mm-hmm. the, it's the same amount of money. Like I would much rather buy Tempo than than throw my you know sixty bucks at a brand new game that's going to be you know fifteen dollars a year from now. Right, and I I will say this too: complete uh, complete in box doesn't matter for shit because it's those crappy cardboard boxes. So if yeah. you're gonna, if you're going to hunt this thing down, do the cartridge, find it loose and then you can find those plastic um Genesis style cases and then just hop on Etsy for the artwork. It's not unless you're crazier than I am. Uh that's probably what I'm going to do for most of my 32X library is not try to find those cardboard boxes cuz good luck finding those in good shape. Um I mean I I'd, I'd say I would argue that I got 60 bucks worth out of it because the hype from that stream and everybody watching and just how ridiculous that mini game is was a really good time. But, you know, be, be smart about it. It's retro collecting. What are you going to do? So but that's really like me. Too, like the 32X is probably one of the few retro systems that hasn't really seen like a skyrocketing of like value over the uh, past year it's gone up because i oh well, everything has gone up yeah but like i feel like um like the dreamcast is is now to the point of like where it, it can get stupid you know to because you're you're paying like shit like 80 dollars for like i don't know like a star lancer or something like that you know like mm-hmm. when it's just like you know there's games that are just not great games and just even barely that are good games and they're yeah. going for like over $60. That's when, you know, it's just like, I, I don't even want to do that. It's just weird having grown up and watched people reject like the 32X. I was yeah. the only one, you know, I, I mean, I managed to, I mean, look, renting the 32X at a blockbuster oh, was I not that. easy. You yeah. had, you're, you, they had to have a credit card. They, they had to put a deposit for 300 bucks, the full amount of the 30, whatever, yeah, the 32X yeah. mm-hmm. before you could do it. My dad was like, what? I'm like, they're not keeping the 300 bucks, Dad. You know, just... Yeah, yeah. did your research and, to convince them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, kid. You know, and so 
And then when I, I was able to get one for like, I don't know, like 75 bucks brand new because they all discounted it overnight, you know, yeah. Walmart. But no one gave a shit. And then now it's like all these stuff that, okay, no one gave a shit about the Sega CD when it came out. Really, I'd go to my friend's house, they'd have it and go, I don't care. I'm like, you don't you don't like using it? No, don't like it. Mm-hmm. And then now you see how much it goes for. It makes you wonder what shit now that people fucking hate will end up be worth. Like, will, will physical copies of The Rise of Skywalker be actually be worth something? 20 yeah. years from now because so few people kept them <laughs> yeah like, there wasn't a high your, demand when they... like hold on to your dumb hd dvd 360 drive because that for some reason will go up yeah or something. I, I saw my hd dvd copies of like the season of lost and transformers yeah. the first um, movie i'm like yeah they're lying there bro. game was or movie wasn't it uh, what? Which? What I think did you like say? if you bought the HD DVD, I think King Kong wasn't that the pack in? Like they packed in a movie with it. I only got it because I wanted Transformers, and it wasn't available on Blu-ray. And the minute you know Transformers available on at the time, I mean, I was a visual effects dude at the time, mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm gonna watch this visual effects. But my HD DVD player was Toshiba. It didn't come with jack shit. <laughs> so. I know what if it was supposed to come in with with King Kong, I would have accepted that, but <laughs> yeah, I did not get well, that. But there, there. That's why when people, it's like you guys remember, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, if you put out a video showing everyone why the Phantom Menace sucked, you got a million views on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And now, if you put out a video that shows why it's fucking awesome, you get a million views on YouTube. You know? yeah. Like, like there's this weird way over time. The, the contrarianism comes out and then it i wonder if there's like physical copies of the phantom menace on vhs will end up going for like a thousand bucks at some point you know see something stupid like that happen. right you know the one that had like the remember that, that was like that widescreen copy that hold crazy. on that, would they did they do phantom menace on vhs was it yeah i had it i had Probably. it on widescreen came with an art book wow. and it had a a, a strip of film from the movie in wow. with it. yeah yeah, because that was nine, I think eight, I paid eight or nine, right? No, that was two. That came out two thousand on, on VHS. Okay, well, yeah, I was in, I was in Germany in the army. Like when it, when it got to the PX, a buddy came in because I was at the gym, and he's like, hey, "I'm like, all right, we're in down there, go get it," you know. So I paid like a hundred and twenty bucks when it came out. It was ridiculous. Hmm. So yeah, it's weird. Um, before we get too far away from the thirty two X, though, I will say I so I got a switch recently, and I. Um, downloaded Virtual Racing, Virtual Racing, and lo and behold, the 32x version is arguably superior to that because it has. I mean, this was a big deal then for arcade ports and stuff, but the 32x version has two more types of cars you can use and more racetracks than the, for some reason, uh, version they put on the Switch. So if you're looking for stuff to, you know, legitimize your 32x purchase virtual basically all the arcade ports are worth it like virtual fighter virtual racing um space harrier star wars arcade and course, so. and shadow squadron oh yeah yeah yeah. I, I i i'm telling you right now if you want to play the closest thing to a full fully featured last starfighter game play play shadow squadron with two players yeah. One person flies, one person drives, and then just leave the last Starfighter theme on a loop. <laughs> that's that's what I did back in the day. It works every time, you know. <laughs> that's from six to midnight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I have the last idea. Starfighter uh, laser disc, like right here by me. Of course you do. I also have the 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 three issue comic book series that came out, and the oh, wow. the NES, like a box. 
NES uh, version of the, the, the game as well. I might have to I'd look at that movie. comic whenever I show up at your house in the next two years or whenever it's safe. Well, I, I, I think you'll be here this year. I think we're still doing uh, too many games. In, what, September now? Supposedly. Of 2021? No, of 2020. That's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. I don't I don't see that happening. I don't know. Who knows? There's 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 states opening right now. That doesn't. Uh, we don't need. Uh, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> let's uh, not. Let's not. That. Yep. Yep. Let's not do it. Let's <laughs> not do it. Let's not do it. Um, uh, but I've I'll been say this stuff too. I'll say this about the last Starfighter. Like, I know it's been a, a near impossibility to to get that. They've they've tried to do remakes of that. The the director owns a lot of the rights to it, Nick Castle, and he sort of prevents that from being remade. But that would be just a fantastic VR like flight simulator experience mm-hmm. you know the last starfighter i remember there was this oh, man I, I i i actually tracked it down a few years ago but i can't remember what it was um i remember going to this like uh carnival when i was a kid uh in like in kind of central texas and there was this like rocket ship that you would go into every year and we did it every single year it was amazing so you'd go inside this like kind of like 1950s era rocket ship like you kind of imagine you know like really long you know has like the fins uh for the tail and everything um but you go in there and there would be like three to four rows that you'd sit in there was a screen in the front and um there was a narrator this this guy that would like talk to you and like tell you like you're gonna go out on this mission and from what i remember there was like two different actual videos or adventures that you go into and like Depending on what year I'd go to, you'd get one of the two. Um, but there was one where you go into this, like, uh, you'd, you'd launch off of Earth and you go into space. And the whole, like, uh, spaceship would, like, move up and down and stuff and, like, shake and rattle. Uh, like, you'd be going into, like, space and there would, like, be, like, some sort of, like, asteroid shower or something. And everything would start shaking. It was the most, like, fuck it. it dude, it was the most mind-blowing experience that I ever had. Uh, as a kid, um, and then you'd land in this planet, and it looked like indoor. Um, like you talking about like Star Wars and stuff, like brought me back to this. Um, but you'd land in this kind of like swappy uh, area, and it looked just like indoor. And I, I, I can't help but think that that's where they got it from. And it was like this weird like swamp creature that uh, like would kind of like attack the ship and stuff, and you'd have to escape and and get back home and stuff. But dude, I actually tracked it down a few years ago, and it was the coolest fucking thing ever and just it's awesome to like kind of remember these like weird little glimpses um of the past uh that you should uh you should run that by defunct land are you are you aware <laughs> of their channel on youtube no uh uh-uh. so you're gonna love this it's it's a youtube channel devoted to like uh theme parks mostly disney but then they got a bunch of other theme parks and they're the ones that, that covered action park they got that action turned into a movie park. oh yeah just learned about yeah. that so, but they also cover the history of Disney Quest. You guys familiar with Disney Quest? Mm-hmm. So Disney tried to open up a VR theme park in like the mid to late nineties, and it did not go very well. So, <laughs> where <laughs> yeah. was that? It was in Chicago. Oh shit! March That's a weird Chicago. place. Yeah, yeah. yeah the it first did not mistake. Go very well. No. <laughs> yeah, one of one of a gazillions, but it had everything to do with competing with GameWorks. So if you're into Sega mm-hmm. and GameWorks and all that. Then uh, check the, definitely check out the Disney Quest defunct land. But yeah, you should hit them up and tell them about that. I'm sure they could dig up some info on it. Yeah, like I'll, I, I, 
I can find I know I can find it again. Um I just have to to do it. Like I literally like I spent a whole like two or three nights like investigating this. When I, it was one of these memories that just had popped into my head. And people were like, now we know why the magazine didn't come out for like six months. You know? But it's the most well-researched fucking thing ever. We go into like incredibly way too much detail. But anyway, like I, I, I found like the company that went behind it. I found like the creator. I did this whole like goddamn like crazy. What was the thing uh, called? The ride itself called? I can't remember. I, okay. dude, next podcast, I'm going to... Hey, all this detail, he doesn't have the name of the rat. I, dude, I, you know, it was this thing that, like, I couldn't remember. All I was, like, Googling, like, circus spaceship ride. And that's, like, literally where I started from. And I went from that and just kept, like, drilling down, drilling down, drilling down one night. And I finally found, like, what it was. And I found the company behind it. And I just, like, researched all this shit. I, I wish that I would have just written an article on it at the time. Um, because it, it would have allowed me to kind of come back to it and remember everything. Um, but it's one of those things that's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's inconsequential. It's trivial knowledge that no one else probably in the world cares about other than me. So like, I, you know, like I learned it all and I, I, I forgot it probably a week later. You know what I mean? I know. I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) You probably do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like no one, no one, no one's gonna care about this in the world other than myself right now. Um, but that—that that is the very definition of working on a video game magazine. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when I'm sitting there doing a layout that had something to do with a layout and game fan issues, something in the middle of nowhere, I'm like, I'm the only motherfucker, you know, <laughs> in the entire world right now, you know, who's even looked at this since the fucking day it was done. It felt yeah. that way working on the turtles thing you know where i'm like recreating covers i'm like the last person who drew this was the guy who drew it you know like <laughs> here well, I am. You know, like i saw like your instagram stuff and it was blowing up you you got a ton of appreciation from like the community and stuff uh right but i mean like awesome. while you're doing it you're like Fuck, you know like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I cool. Can't, I can't wait for the uh, for the defunct episode that Chris inspires, and then that thing shows up, and it's like with a death toll only as high as Action Park. Here's the mid Texas whatever <laughs> rocket. Right. It turns it's out like it's really shitty. It's bullshit. not. It's not nearly as cool as he made it out to be. Yeah, Dude, just I remember as a kid, screens. like this. It was the most like like legit shit in in the world. Like I just remember thinking like. It felt so real, you know, like, I, I don't know how they, it was all CGI. It was like a hundred percent CGI. It, they worked with this, some sort of like, like really like weird indie visual effects studio to, to create all this stuff. And they recorded it in this like, you know, like Hollywood backlot. It was a really crazy story. Um, but we had one in this like small, you know, like kind of central Texas town, uh, growing up and i dude it was the first thing every year at the carnival that i'd go to and i it was always awesome you literally just described what it's like for me to explain a turn-based rpg to a zennial you know what i mean like (laughs) (laughs) no you gotta see the cgi and they're like oh you fucking no 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 i you know (laughs) and you know what though like I, i feel like i think that's what kind of um maybe is like why i love like uh, the last starfighter so much is because it really reminds me of, of like that uh, sense of wonderment and, and, and just uh, like quizzicalness of, of that movie. Um, it's kind of like the kind of the same emotions that I'd feel like going through that, that, you know, like probably three or four minute ride as a kid. 
Uh, but it was awesome. Have you played Shadow Squadron? It's been a while. I definitely, I think I have it. You got to get one of your one of your kids to co-pilot and put on okay. the last. I'm telling you, just just do it. Put on the last Starfighter theme. Get a fucking co-player. It doesn't work in the single player. It's not the same thing. And one person pilot. It's it sucks. You got to use the D-pad. There's no real analog support. But I think if you did if you did emulation, you could. You know what I mean? You can move it to the I, analog. I, so um, yeah, I would. You know, but give it a shot, man. Like it's the and the great part is we'll play the when graphics we, uh, when I get a uh, the Polymega. We can we can do that, and we'll be able to do analog. Yeah, the the, hmm. the 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 graphics on it are low poly, like like the the fake video game that was in you know the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a real video game. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Ruin this for me, the last Starfighter. Um, so what I've been doing. Um, tomorrow is my final out for the Air Force, so I'm finally like done, completely done, uh, with the Air Force. Like this week, uh, it's so nice to be able to say that because I've I've been feeling like it's it's taken forever to finally tra- make this transition, and I'm just like super excited about it. I can't wait to devote. Uh, full attention to uh, the magazine uh, and and just make this my full time gig outside of obviously uh, homeschooling my children, which is a, a joy of my. Life. I love it. <laughs> I feel feel the enthusiasm there. Thank you for your services. <laughs> um, no, but I, I'm seriously though, like I'm I'm really excited. Like it, this is something that's. Uh, it's been a long time coming and I'm very excited about making that transition. And like I said, like putting the magazine as my, you know, kind of like full uh, job effort. Uh, so, yeah. And I get to be shouldered with the burden of training him. So yeah. I was, I that. was hoping when the air force was going to pay you, I could be like, Hey, why don't you take some of the air force money and send Rob a pizza? But now that you're unemployed, no chance of that happening. Yeah, oh, yeah no. I don't want anyone showing up to my door. So <laughs> there's that too. Maybe I'll show up to your door. <laughs> show up to my Zoom door, maybe. You know, walking <laughs> with you tonight, Rob. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So when do you think you're gonna have all this stuff packed? How are you guys doing the whole post office thing? Like when you pack the issues up and stuff? Are you? That's a good question. Uh, which leads us to um, like the whole magazine update and everything like that. Um, I think what I'm probably just going to have to do is just do them in waves and like do like 40 to 50 issues, like just take them down to the post office. It's right down the road. Um, because like when I'm doing like onesie twosies, like when people are ordering back issues, what I do is like, I just pack it up and just put it in my mailbox and like the, the mail lady will come. So like we probably average like, you know, like one or two issues a day that I'm having to mail out. And when I'm at home, it's easy. You know, I just, it's part of my morning routine. I drink a coffee, watch the morning news, pack up an issue, you know, put it out in the mailbox and stuff like that. But when we're doing like, you know, close to 200 issues that we're having to mail out, you know, worldwide, that, that becomes a much bigger uh, or more complicated uh, kind of like system. And so um, I think what I'm going to do is just, you know, just do them in waves, like, you know, like take 50 down one day, like the next, you know, like, in the afternoon, take another 50 down, that sort of thing. So uh, my goal is to have all of them mailed out by the end of the week. Uh, and what we'll start with uh, all the uh, people in uh, North America, like start with the U.S., then Canada. And then after that, we're just like shipping worldwide. 
fun stuff. So I have to the 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 joyous uh, future of having to package all of these things and mail them out. That's the fun part. The fulfillment is is my favorite part. It right. It's fulfilling for you. It it fulfills me with joy every time I do it. No, so honestly, like I, 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 it it is a very mundane kind of thing, and I I try to get my you know like my family involved into it, and and they do help <laughs> me out quite a bit with it. Um, especially Isabella, she's a sweetheart. But um, it is exciting because like while it is mundane, it's also exciting to like you know kind of slap the label, you know, seal the envelope with each one and just like think of like, this is like another person who I hope uh, gets as much joy out of the magazine as what I do, like making the magazine. Cause I have just so much passion, like what we're doing. Like I love the games that we're covering. I, I, I am in just so much uh, belief in like the artistic direction of what we're doing, everything. And it makes me happy thinking that each person I'm packaging of an issue for is someone that completely feels like my passion for, for what we're doing as well. And so while, you know, like doing all that can seem mundane when I'm doing it, I'm super excited about it because I'm like, you know, this is like another person who gets me and is, is my kind of person. I can't wait to see what they think about this. Good Meanwhile, it's, it's mostly just Scotty's parents right? <laughs> trying to buy anything with his name on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. bless uh-huh. their heart. They are or, amazing people. Or it's Scotty just trying to make Chris work in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, like... <laughs> it might be more Graham doing it from afar. You know, yeah. like, he's like six hours ahead, so it's like in the afternoon for him, and he's just laughing as I'm having to wake up super early. The difference would be that he has complete like uh, a good. Um... Oh, geez, my brain's not working right now. He has good intentions behind it, but really he's making it the hardest thing in the fucking world for you right. somehow. Yeah, that sounds totally like Graham. Like he's a I just walked by this orphanage, and I had enough uh, Megavisions issues thanks to you, Chris, and I handed out 42. Yep, and now you have to mail me, you know, 50 more. Mm-hmm. That's my British accent, by the way. That's all you're getting. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I've also been playing some Street Rage 4. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit. Last issue, I don't think it was out last issue, actually, or uh, last no. episode. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. It definitely wasn't out last issue, because that was like four years ago. But, um, I, dude, this is like, it was so good, Scotty. We we streamed it the first night that it came out. Um, mm-hmm. And the following day, I actually played it with Graham for like four hours. And nice. him and I went through the whole game. Um, nice, nice. Like, time or two. And... It, it was a lot of fun. I, I do. It's just those those guys at Lizard Cube. They're just so good. Uh, I just want them to keep making more games like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard single player though. I uh, Cherry is my favorite new character, but I cannot get the game through the game as just her because she does barely any damage. Um, so I've just been cheesing it as Floyd to make my way through. Actually, I haven't been able to beat it with Floyd yet. Um, I haven't even tried. Cherry, I thought, was really easy because she could run. She's yeah. so fast. You know, you, you kind of get in, do some damage, and get out really quick. Whereas Floyd, a lot of times, especially with the um, the, the bosses that do, like, kind of, like, um, area uh, 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 damage and stuff, like, it's hard to get out of the way when you're Floyd. And so it, I feel like he's a much more difficult character 
to play with. Then yeah, but he can right. take it. I just his his grab and throws are kind of what save me most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, but I haven't actually finished it. Uh, it's a double-edged sword because since I only have it on PC right now, I don't really want to sit at my PC after I've been working all day. So yep. that's partially why I haven't beaten it yet. So soon enough. I bought though. it. I bought it, and I played four hours of it before I went back to Valkyria. Not that I don't <laughs> like the game. It's that I can't play two games at once. Um, yeah. I played it on normal, could not get through the first level, put it on easy, and I made it all the way to the prison. Prison. Nice. Do you do the helper and things I, after you like uh, die a couple times or whatever? Like gives you boosts? No. I, I wasn't dying. Like I just think the balance between easy and normal is a little it's a little off. Like I'm like mm. normal shouldn't be that hard and easy shouldn't be that easy. Like because there's like hard and then mania, you know, and I'm like, all right, yep. there either something tells me I should be able to, if I understand the play mechanics, be able to get through the first level rem- relatively easily. You know what I mean? I don't say easily, but normally, like that makes It's sense. not your so, first rodeo. Right. So I don't know, man. You know, everyone's like, like a hard. I'm like, if you like a hard, you're just going to play it on Mania. Right? So, I don't Only know. if you're a um, real gamer, Rob. Well, I'm a big fake gamer. It's what yeah, happens when you make I'm, games. You don't I'm have a whole easy. lot of fucking care. time. <laughs> I like it when people are like, hey, man, why should you go and put time to play games? I'm making games. So, like, not as much time to play them when you're making them, sad to say. Um, but I'll say this, man. It's a fantastic game, dude. I mean... Yeah. With every penny, the the music's great. The play controls is spot on. The interactivity is beyond what you know um, any of the other previous three games. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's fantastic, fantastic title. You know, worth every penny. They knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park. I bought it on PC, uh, Xbox, Switch, and I think I bought the the limited run on ps4 and so like i just, just this is my like shinmu 3 like i was saying a few weeks ago so i feel like i just had to buy it on every available platform uh to support like what they're doing and i would love it if they somehow could get greenlit for a sequel one of these. or if they could make some action figures oh god and some nice stylized some uh, companies that that have have been doing some stylized ones but they're so expensive like Who's going to spend 150 plus on a? You are, you know, like, yeah, I probably would. I probably would. Uh, but there's not, there can't be too many of me out there, you know, to make it like a viable, you know, like option. I would think, like, I mean, how many people are going to buy, uh, you know, like uh, an Axel Stone figure? Well, you know what, you, know? you say that, you say that, but that's how that's what people said about Metal Gear, and then McFarlane did those really great Metal Gear toys, and they took off. So I wish he was still doing action figures because his articulation is so good. I mean, he's doing action yeah. figures, but he's not doing a lot of. He's doing some video game stuff like the the Halo, but if he took so McFarlane got a hold of the DC license and he did some animated series, some animated series uh, figures off the Batman cartoon, and they have really good solid matte paint jobs. They're stylized like the Bruce Tim cartoons, and you can articulate them any way you want, like. 20 something plus points of articulation so it's like he, if he did figures based off this and they would look amazing you know and i i wish there was it's not that there isn't a market for it it's just there's no like stores for them to go into like walmart ruined toys like i don't think people realize when mcfarland started his toy business he got a 
sweet deal with Walmart and those spawn figures were in every Walmart. And then eventually Walmart took the business away from Toys R Us, you know, and now that there's no more Toys R Us, thanks to um, these asshole companies that like to short, short companies and bankrupt them for no reason. um, There's just no place to put on Walmart Streets of Rage figures, you know, Mm -hmm. unless there's some like Minecraft slash Five Nights at Freddy breakthrough with the young adults, no buyer is going to go Streets of Rage. You almost have to do it at like comic book stores, like local comic book stores or something. And how are those doing right now? Right. Yeah. No, exactly. (laughs) But it's it's not like, I mean, I don't even know how you even distribute with that, you know, like outside of, you know, comics and stuff, but. It really, I I don't want to be like Walmart's out there in a brick and mortar place. Yeah, I don't want to be like Walmart's the bane of all evil, but I just think people don't understand. It's not that things won't sell. It's that there's only so many places you can sell them. And when you do, there's only so much shelf space. So buyers don't put things that are like, oh, that we could sell, you know, 50,000, 100,000 figures, you know, maybe, or let's say 10,000 figures of Streets of Rage. We're going to put in the 600th fucking Minecraft Lego block set, you know? Yeah, I keep seeing those like, Target exclusive, uh, I think it's NECA figures and stuff, but that's the, yeah. the only reason I know about those is from these like niche Facebook groups I'm in that post about them, so they'd probably have to call them some sort of exclusive thing to tr- attract attention to. Yeah, I wish McFarlane would just open up direct the order or do a Kickstarter for a set of like video game specific theater figures or something, you know, that are within a reasonable price point. Like if you could get all four you know, at, you know, seven inches each for, you know, a hundred bucks and that would be worth it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't put all the characters out at once either. Like, like, or I mean, by that, I mean, oh, no, like if it's a Kickstarter, like you got to do them all. At, if, if it's a Kickstarter, you got to do like the, the, the main group of four, you know? Yeah. But I mean, like this, that's the downside is there's so many great ideas. There's so many things that could be done. There's just no place to sell them now. Mm-hmm. So they don't get made. And at some point I got to just think, when 3D printers become as normal as buying your iPhone, people are just going to be bootlegging their own figures, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and it sucks. They're going to be like, you guys are taking away the merch opportunities. And I'm like, no, we're not. You know, because if you go, when you could go to the mall, all you can buy is whatever Funko Pop or, you know what I mean? It's putting out. Like, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? We're settling I, for that now. Yeah, like, that's it. You know, I'm, it was funny. Is, it doesn't go on a rant, but fuck it. Um, you know, all I ever heard from in the 90s was complaints about how the McFarlane figures were just these glorified statues that weren't really toys. And now every motherfucker I know owns literally just a blob of plastic called a Funko Pop. You know, mm-hmm. they're like 700 of them. Like, like, yeah. like, 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 like shitty version of, of dog toys. You know, like, I don't understand it, man. You know, I, I, I really know. don't. So it, it's just, it's a shame because I really think like that is those are those could be like those metal gear figures back in the day you know super super awesome Mm -hmm. interesting all right you know what else is super awesome scotty sack oh good uh yep and let me get that sucker out okay we all hey guess what my sack fell apart um (laughs) anyway we already kind of answered one from Caesar. Uh, yeah, that's that is all of my Game Gear games <laughs> oh, <laughs> everywhere. Ah, no. uh, they're fine. They're cartridges. They're built to last. Uh, Twitter, my, my green boy. I always fuck that name up. At Planet Dob or Dob. 
He says, uh, hi guys, hope you're all safe and well. What games would you like to see come to the Sega Ages lineup on Switch? I'd like to see some obscure stuff or games that don't get much attention like Quartet and Dragon Force. Take care and stay safe. I don't know what Quartet is. Well, I looked that up. If you guys have any ideas, um, go for it. I want to an old arcade game. Like a four-player arcade game. With oh, it like looks like a little sort of shoot 'em up. Thing. I think you you were part of like you had these like jetpack um, on your. It was like a sci-fi thing. I, nah. I found the uh, I found the the heroes that are in it, and it's just straight up anime crew, like big big dude. Is that mm-hmm. is that kind of what I was explaining though? Does that sound right? Um, I didn't hear much of what you said, honestly. Oh, okay. <laughs> what did you... It's, it looks like it was on the Master System, too. But yeah, it looks like it's a side-scroller and shoot 'em up yep, sort of thing. I played this at Fun Spot uh, a few years ago uh, when I went uh, with uh, my kids. Mm-hmm. We were in uh, Hampshire. And yeah, it's, it's like a four-player ar- arcade, like side-scrolling kind of uh, platforming. It, but it's weird because I think they fly, so it's more of like a yeah. 2D shooter. From what I remember, it almost looks like the indoor parts look like Zillion, kind of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got like the lady, big dude with glasses, um, mm-hmm. average looking guy with hair, and then a dude with a mustache is the the quartet. I'd be down for a remake of this just because I've never played it. I don't know what you do um, to make it more. Um, usually with the ages stuff, they add kind of uh, um, uh, crap quality of life stuff. What do you remember? Anything that sucked about it that they could maybe enhance, Chris, or make better? I should say. I, I, I'm not for sure, but like I, I, I want to say like the original controller was like really weird on the arcade. Obviously, it wouldn't be like that on, but um, hmm. it would be neat to have online play with it. Mm-hmm. Do that. Throw that in there and let you play with like three other friends. There you go. I don't know about Dragon Force. I don't know if I could see that happening, oh, but that's that massive strategy game. Like you have like entire armies against each other. Oh, it, sorry, Sega I keep CD telling you. That. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, was that Sega CD or Saturn for Dragon Force? Looks like Saturn. It's a okay. Saturn game. Yeah, I just know that that was like a game that everyone you know wanted. You know, back uh, in me, the day. I mean, I had it. Of course, had... it's a turn-based strategy game. Yeah, it's a fucking amazing <laughs> Seven Kingdoms, Ultra Battles, 2D graphics, turn-based, <laughs> turn-based. I I tell the Zennials about Dragon Force; they think I'm talking about a band, you know. So they are. Goes. They they are talking about a band, which they're that band is amazing. To to be fair, I love them. What uh. How would you how would you give that the ages treatment then sketch? The ages treatment? Yeah, so like you mean the, the like ages? Yeah, the um like yeah, the fantasy 3D, star. 3DS. Yeah, it'd be three D <laughs> on the three D S. Well I That's mean... my answer for every Sega Ages. Okay. <laughs> you know, give it three D so guys, I know like look, you did I didn't ask what you'd want. I told you what I would want. Like I want three D support, you know? You yeah. want to play it in three D. The thing with the Sega Ages stuff, it's, it's mainly all, it's all it's all on the Switch. Mm-hmm. So they, oh. they 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 basically port these old 
kind of okay. Sega games, and they they port them on the Switch. And I'd port it to the Sega 3DS, games. and I'd give 3D support. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's my answer for any of these retro games, dude. Those fucking 3D games on my 3DS are amazing. Sonic 3D, uh, Galaxy. What was it? Thunder Galaxy Force. Galaxy Force. Yep. Galaxy Force Three. I just Space Harrier. I want Shining Force right now. It it just adds a. It adds such a great and it, and they even like have the arcade cabinet. They rebuilt them in low poly, so when you open them up, you can see a little arcade cabinet spinning and shit. Like I love that's anything for you. Yeah, yeah they it, do good stuff. It's super good. And I I mean I guess people are like. The, the 3ds is dead now it's a 2ds i'm like it's called your phone you know what i mean or it's the switch is 2d i don't you know it's i don't i don't know man you know i i really wish they would continue with the 3d thing and people can turn the fucking 3d off right right chris if you don't like turn base you can just turn it off play the action so same with the 3d you can just turn it off that's what everyone wants yeah <laughs> Um, um, I don't know of any other, because, like, what they do is, like, the first Fantasy Star is, uh, kind of gives you no direction. Some people prefer that, but the Ages version has, like, more friendly grinding and, um, uh, guidance for the items and the weapons and everything, because the game really doesn't tell you what anything does. Um, so I can't think of any order game that I'd want to see on there that would need assistance like that, really. Here, here's here's one. I, I'm going to go old school Sega Arcade, kind of where uh, Migraine Boy went with Quartet, and I'm going to throw in Pingo in that because that was a really fun arcade game that I think would make for a really fun kind of uh, couch, you know, like fun experience with a bunch of people, um, especially if they added like the Sega Ages and they made it like a four player version of it. With Pingo, like you're this like little penguin. Um, I don't, have you guys ever played this game or, or seen Pingo before? Doesn't it involve ice cubes or something? Yeah, basically, like you're you're like a penguin pushing ice cubes around, and there's these like uh, I can't can't even remember. Um, but there's like these bad guys that are coming in trying to like get you, kind of like Pac Man in a way, um, where you can't let something get you, but you're pushing these ice cubes away, uh, trying to get to a certain location like on the screen, uh, to advance a level. Um, uh, from what I remember it. Um, and there's actually a Game Gear port for it as well, and I had it, um, like a couple years ago, but, um, I, I don't, I think I sold it? Can't remember what I did with it. Um, but anyway, uh, I would love to see Pingo, because I think that could be a fun experience on the Switch with, uh, Sega Ages. There you go. Yeah. Yep. I, I can't... I think you'll like that idea, too, especially if you threw Quartet in there. Uh, were you asking me... What game I would have? I thought we were just talking about that game, that arcade game, what I, what I would do. Uh, also, what game you would want on there? Oh, I would want Shining Force uh, 1 and 2 on the 3DS and 3D. Like, that's my answer for everything. <laughs> look, I mean, look, if you're going to pick a retro Sega game that has to be re-put out, put, put, literally put the 32X collection on the Switch, you know? Yeah, something people haven't seen. Maybe throw some Saturn games out there if possible. How about Bug 1 and 2? Jeez, you know? yeah. Yeah. Bug would be good. Um, maybe the Clockwork Night games, even. If I remember right, my my te- my, my animation teacher in college worked on Bug because he was a two D animator, so they had him do a lot of like two D animation frame things that they copied or they use as a guide for the the the, the animation, you know. So, I don't cool. Know. 
I should ask him if that was true or not. If it's true, maybe we can get him to do something yeah, on the magazine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, it's hard to tell if he was being real or if sometimes they exaggerate their, you know what I mean, their accomplishments mm-hmm. before you know before you could check everyone's accomplishments. Like, do mm-hmm. you really work on that shit, or you just making that shit up? So I'll have to double like check. Bob it. Lazar. But he, no, no, Bob Lazar did not. Oh, you mean his his education? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah before you could yeah. check that stuff. Well, you know, when I was a kid, my mom used to tell me everyone lies on their resume. I just remember that uh-huh. in the '80s. That's what they always told me. I'm like, well, then why does anyone bother going to college? <laughs> it never made any sense to me. I don't want my why... doctor lying on his resume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we have to have like one Bob Lazar reference at every episode, though. so that's our. Oh, we're behind then. Requisite. Yeah. No, we got it in, so we're good this time. Okay. Um, what else do we get in, Scotty? Questions? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me get the back in front of me. Um, Discord. TJ Kitsune of the staff says randomly, what do you like on your hot dogs? Do beans really belong in chili? Good, two good questions. Mm-hmm. I'll let you guys go first because I don't, I don't want to hot uh, dog. On a chili dog. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of oh, like. I think if you're going for you. a chili dog. If you're going for a chili dog, do you put yeah. you have beans? In? No, you don't put no. You don't put beans on the chili. That's ghetto shit. That's like if you got the dinty, the the, the hungry man can. It's just <laughs> the the beef with the chili seasonings and all the stuff that goes on. Because there's already a meat and a carb. What do you so need wait, wait, wait. Okay, so if you're just saying you're just making chili, if I'm just no making dog, chili, the beans go in it. Yeah, you put beans in then. Of course, but if you're yeah. making chili dogs, you don't put the beans in it. I would, I'll agree with that, 100%. I'm on board. Yeah, it makes no sense. Scotty? I don't really, it doesn't really make a difference to me. All I have to say about chili is my dad makes good chili. He puts, like, bacon in it and stuff. But I don't, that, but that doesn't go on the dogs, though. That's a separate beast. I don't know. I'll eat it. <laughs> That's what my about, answer. Oh, what, what do you like on your hot dogs? I like this question. Oh, I just do ketchup and mustard. That's really it. I'm super basic. <laughs> do you um do you ever do uh relish hell no rachel loves it and i hate it oh man i love me some relish I, i'm a pickle guy so i'll get down on that all day long mm-hmm. do you ever do any of the fancy hot dogs like sonic used to have this like for a while where they do like the chicago dog where i don't uh, know you'd have like peppers on it and like all this other weird stuff oh yeah if it's like if i can get like whatever usually i'll throw an artisan um, hot dog <laughs> is that a thing i uh, probably uh yeah we need a hot dog artist or whatever in here <laughs> right um yeah i'll always throw banana peppers on whatever so i'd probably do that maybe some some um uh uh oh jesus christ what did i just say jalapenos or something too maybe yeah you know okay. yeah Basic, I guess basically what would be on loaded nacho fries almost, just throw that on a hot dog. I could eat that too. I'm not too picky, but I just I just don't like the texture of relish. Okay. Where do you classify hot dog though? Like what, what food group? Oh, no. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if it's a sandwich, and I was going to say, That's I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I don't know. It's a food – it's a – I don't fucking know. You're asking the guy that barely spends any time in the kitchen – probably the wrong person yeah Mm -hmm. if you need directions on how to use a microwave i am your guy (laughs) you got that on lockdown Mm -hmm. nice all right uh what's mr haru's question this week 
Okay. Uh, he's got something here. He says, what Sega IP do you want a movie for now that Sonic's first attempt was successful? Who would you put on the project? Hmm. I mean, if we're speaking realistically, I could see a Yakuza movie before anything else, but... Interesting. <sighs> uh, Graham and I were talking about a Streets of Rage movie because we were just, you know, playing through Streets of Rage 4. And so, like, I could, I could totally see them doing a Streets of Rage movie. But here's the thing. Did you ever watch, um, oh God, what was it? It was, um, Kung Fu. Hustle? Uh, not Kung, Kung Fury. Fu. Kung Fury, yes. Did you, did you watch that, Scotty? I have not. I know of it. I have not seen it, though. Oh, it's done in such, like, an over-the-top, super funny mm-hmm. way. And I think a Streets of Rage movie done in that same kind of vein that's just really over the top, really self-aware and kind of cheesy and, and straight to Netflix. Of, yeah. Like just something like that. I think that could totally work. Probably. Uh, because violence. you could just really go over the top with it, which is kind of like what Streets of Rage does. Right. I mean, it's, you look at all the, like the, the silly kind of stuff. Like there's literally, you, there's a special move in, in the series where you could call in police backup where they shoot bazookas and they blow up like a whole city neighborhood. Um, it's just it, it is over the top. That's what makes that whole series so fun. And I think the only way to do something like that and do it the right way would just be to take it completely cheesy and over the top and just do it justice. And I think it would make a really fun movie. And so if I had to pick one, um, Streets of Rage four or just a Streets of Rage movie in a Kung Fury type of mold would be perfect for me. Yeah, that'd be that'd be. Cool. Are we are we picking Sega movies? Sorry, I missed the, I, um, the question. Yeah, what yeah. Sega IP would you want a movie for now that Sonic's uh, was successful? And who would you like kind of put on like directing or producing the movie? Wasn't there? Yeah, a it'd be Shining movie. Force. Oh, it'd be Shining Force, and it would be an anime series by Trigger. <laughs> That's what I would. What's do. Trigger done? What is that? Uh, Little Witch Academia, Kill La Kill, Pro. Oh, Comic. okay. <clears throat> Darling in the Franks. Yeah, I know Kill yeah, a Kill. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like it could be something different, but but there's an element of fun to Shining Force that I think they would do. Or whoever did that that CGI Dragon Quest movie that we watched, your story. That'd be kind of cool. Or Puppets. I'd also accept <laughs> God damn, and this is where he's going to go on to the Muppets again. Yeah, well, I would also like a Knuckles movie where he's just a puppet. You know? <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl is puppets. How about that? That could be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how they didn't have a. I f- well, they had Adult Swim games. They could have had a show. They could have had a Toe Jam and Earl show. It would have to be something that's like that was like weird, rimp- uh, Ren and Stimpy style, probably uh, for it to work. Because um, yeah, otherwise... Rob Shab could do it. You know who who's Rob that? Shab is? Rob Shrab. No, who's that? Well, he created the comic book Scud, the Disposable Assassin. Oh shit! Oh, yeah, I should have known that. Yeah. that. He created Monster House with Dan Harmon. The movie mm-hmm. Monster House back in the day, and he worked on Lego Dan movies. Dan Harmon was yeah. part of Scud, yeah, before movie, everything man. else he's Such done, yeah. Movie. Yeah, and uh, Shrab wrote on Sarah Silverman show, and he was supposed to do the Lego movie too, but he bowed out of it. Hmm. So, I would like yeah, to, yeah, that's my answer, Scud. That that would not, that would have to be, it, eh, mm, see, it would it would turn into Deadpool, I feel like, but I think Scud, Scud could have been Rob a cool Shrab. show. Rob Shrab would not turn into Deadpool. Yeah, that might be my vote though. Some sort of scud disposable assassin insane thing. So 
All right. That is, let's see. Yeah, that's actually all of them. So I'm gonna zip it. I'm gonna zip it back up. Get that sack zipped up, Scotty. It's gone now. It's gone. It's saved for later. Oops. <coughs> Burke Baccarat. Just typing up some Saturn facts. Oh, Saturn. Mm-hmm. Fact. Mm-hmm. Just gotta say it like uh, Dwight would. <laughs> Fact. Toter. Factotum. Black bears are the best bears. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> I just Beats saw that like John Brzezinski uh, organized this like reunion of sorts uh, for this uh, couple's wedding day. They had to do kind of like a virtual wedding, and he mm. officiated it. Uh, and <clears throat> at the end, after I guess they said their vows and everything, um, he had the whole <clears throat> office crew there uh, to reenact like the wedding scene from like Jim and Pam's episode. Pretty cool. Clear, clearly, they have a lot of free time. Yeah, what else are they doing? They're not making movies or TV shows. They just have to go on, uh, like Twitch on and Twitter and whatever TikTok to get people to watch them and pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. What else are they doing with their lives? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Is everyone ready? Mm-hmm. To come back in? Yep. All right, let's get into some news. Okay, and we've got some we've got some GameStop. Please stop news. Do you guys have have you guys been following this whole like issue and kind of flubbub with the Last of Us Part 2? Uh trying to avoid most of it because I do not want that game spoiled for me, but uh so What far, can you so tell good. us about it? Because it's basically like from what I know, it's like some developer that used to be with no, Naughty no, Dog. No, no, they were they were hacked. They were it was hacked. it was they were hacked. It wasn't hacked. it wasn't no. a former employee that was doing no, it. No, they were hacked. Yeah. So uh, okay, explain it then. Spoilers showed up in comments somewhere and, and Yeah, like obviously we're not gonna talk about any spoilers or anything, but that like someone leaked a bunch of like uh plot cinematic details. and the entire story points for the game and everything, yeah. They got away with at least a gig or two worth of material that they Sheesh. managed to get in and and steal. They tried to pass it off like they were disgruntled gamers because that's you know, that's what they do. Or disgruntled developers. Mm-hmm. Um, having signed some of those kind of NDAs myself, I'm like, that's impossible. I'm like the amount of fines that you're up for just mm-hmm. to start, you know, it's just it's just not going to happen. And then Sony did an internal search, and they're like, no, they were they were hacked. That's so true. basic plot points for the game came out, and now the whole internet's like, well, most of Twitter and 4chan and Reddit are like. We hate you. This is not our game, you know. Because it's, it's like, like too woke, right? Is what they're saying. Hey, you want to know something, man? Fuck, I know. Because ten years from now, they're gonna have some video that tells you how it's secretly the best thing ever, and you never gave it a chance, and everyone say how great it was. And so, like, I just feel like when this shit happens, dude, like, there's just nothing. They got nothing better to do because the fucking game's gonna sell like, like it sold the last time. It's just gonna sell, you know. So I don't believe any of the outrage. I, I just, I don't. I think. It's a small group of people. I got a friend who tried to amplify this shit to me. He's like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, all right, so I guess you're not buying it. He's like, well, no, I'm buying it. I'm like, well, yeah. you hate it. He's like, yeah. It's kind of like, you ever see that movie, Private Parts? Yep. Oh, and they asked, uh, it's a Howard Stern movie, right? 
And they were like, you know, we surveyed people, you know, why, you know, why don't they listen to Howard Stern? You know, why do they listen to Howard Stern if they like, um, they like him? We want to see what he says next. And then they asked people who hated Howard Stern why they listened and said they wanted to see what happens next. They're still going to buy it. You know, so it's like, I don't know, man. Like, look at the sales on Mass Effect, you know, two or three. You know, like eventually, as long as it's not overly buggy, they'll keep buying them, you know? And if, if the story doesn't resonate with you, whatever that story is, I honestly don't care because I I, I'm an Uncharted guy and I'm like, I don't care. Um, but if it doesn't resonate with you, then don't buy the game. That's the only way developers learn. That's it. I personally, as a fan, did not care for Skyward Sword. I didn't care for fake motion controls. If there was full motion controls with the sword... Great. It didn't really work that way. So I skipped that game. You know what I mean? You, that's basically describing the entire Wii experience. Yeah, I skipped the game, man. So, you know, that's all you can do. Complaining isn't going to get anything. They, they're not going to just up and decide to spend another half billion dollars to remake something you may not like. Just don't buy it. But if you're going to buy it and still go there and, and complain, then I don't know, man. Go make something. You know, like, you know, see if anyone likes anything you do because it's it's hard. It's hard to make things that people like, and then yeah. it's if they don't take chances with the story, then people say they never take chances. It's the same game. Then when they do take chances with the story, then they go, "They're not the chances I want," you know. And I just like whatever this is, man. I just hope this is like this generation's version of of the early two thousands, like war on like violent gaming. Now it's like. I can't, you know, the games are too violent, right? The Jack Thompson. Now they're too woke. Like whatever the fuck that means, you know. So I don't, I don't know, man. You know, like if I overthought Ducktales, is Ducktales not about a rich capitalist dude who's just running around stealing fucking artifacts? And you know, like <laughs> you know, you can read a lot of shit into it. Yep. You know, the so, sad part is they got hacked and shit got leaked because it's like that's that's not good for anybody, man. You know, like. It's not good for anybody. So you kind of got us up to where we were at here recently with uh, like Naughty Dog and The Last of Us. So apparently Naughty Dog's pissed off at GameStop now. Okay. Do you guys hear about this? Because basically um, it was uh, they, they made it sound like the game glorifies killing dogs in its description of the, uh, the Last of Us 2 uh, listing on there. It said, uh, this is crazy. So I know. I, it's only GameStop. Um, it says, uh, GameStop said that killing dogs is necessary when playing the game and described enemies crying in absolute horror when they discover their lifeless furry best friend. Well, <laughs> um, you're, you're leaving out a part that, like, there are going to be enemies in the game, supposedly, that send their dogs out, or they might just have dogs, and then you end up having, you end up killing the dog, and then their owner is still calling their name and stuff and looking for their dog. Would you say that they would, they were a naughty dog? Oh, boy. Yeah. Is this the, I, guess, I guess I could reword Game of Thrones as to being, like, this endorses horse murder. You know, I mean, they literally behead a horse in front yeah. of everyone, you know, like three episodes in. So I don't know, man. You know, like. So I'm going to read yeah. verbatim what GameStop, GameStop's listing is. And then you guys tell me if you think it's problematic. Dogs. This is the under the new features include 
dogs. One of the most noticeable new features of the game is the inclusion of dogs. These dogs are in the game to follow your scent and will attack you as soon as they have sniffed you out. The game doesn't pull any punches or stray from the idea that while you're playing as Ellie in a struggle to survive, killing dogs is necessary. You'll have, uh, oh, you'll also have to deal with the fact, though, that each dog has an owner, which will call out the dog's name and cry in absolute horror when they discover their lifeless best friend. You've been warned. Two two questions to that. One, okay. when does this game come out? Uh, June uh, something now. They actually, as a result of summer. all this crap, announced the date. Post-corona. All right, That's so not... June. <laughs> yeah, June. So my, my second question is, will GameStop be around in June? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> will any of this really matter? You know, because GameStop probably won't even be there when this game comes out. So the thing I, is, oh. like, who's writing these? Ca- who's writing these descriptions at GameStop? Just disgruntled uh, GameStop employees. That's what I want to know is like because I, I would love to sort of talk to those guys for a while. Like, what is your daily life like? Having to write descriptions of video games for the GameStop website—that must suck. Maybe that's Reggie's new job. Oh, please don't do that. Right. I, I don't right. want to think of Reggie being sad. <laughs> That'll break my heart. Retirement brings out the worst in everybody, doesn't it? Uh, if there's just, if there's one executive who deserves like a happy uh like post career in retirement, it's Reggie. Like bless his heart. I love him. He just announced he's working with Spin Masters. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. What's or Spin what he's Masters? not doing. They did like um a bunch of like those Yokoi watch or sort of like uh Yu Gi Oh type properties. Okay. Good for him. So Red Redakai, like they did Redakai. And I had to work on those shirts, so I know. Sadly, <laughs> go Reggie, go. What are uh, you doing? They have such day? hits as Quelf, uh, Boom Boom, Balloon, and Rapadoodle. Quelf is like another like sound that uh, female oh makes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. I couldn't. That's where my my June mind. June nineteenth is when Last of Us Two releases. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. You literally just did a Michael Scott. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's what she said. You ruined the timing. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, God. He bows as he's being escorted out the building. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know what's funny? That it was is weird. Like, Jamie and I were talking about tonight because we, I think it was after that, um, that story that, of uh, John Krasinski this morning. We had the conversation of like, it, how amazing would it be if they just did like a reunion movie of The Office, and it was like it actually went into theaters. I think uh, it would do gangbusters if, especially like if they could get, um, uh, goddamn Michael Scott. I don't know why I'm forgetting it. Steve, Steve Carell. Thank you. Sorry. Um, if they could get Steve Carell to reprise Michael, it would do, dude. It would do insane numbers at the box office. I think. No, not right now. Well, of course not right now. But I'm saying, like, when, like, imagine, uh, like, if movie theaters returned to normal, you'd have the normal viewing audience back at theaters. What I'm saying though is, like, I think a The Office movie reunion uh, would. Dude, I think it would do insane numbers. 
Especially I think that's more of a, a Netflix thing, man. I just I don't see I that breaking. I think you think that, but I I think what you don't yeah. what you're underestimating is the amount of um like fans and that that community has grown since the office went to Netflix. I think that it, it's finally like you know really blown up into this big thing, and I think there's enough fans out there that they would definitely go see a reunion episode in the movie theater. I think you're underestimating how co- how much it costs to market a film. Take whatever budget you have, double or triple it. So that's you what it needs to make back. It, right. And they can't it's not going to make anything globally because the office is changed in every country. So when you go to India, they have their own version of the office. When you go to whatever other country, yeah, they have their own version the of the office. UK, so the, Amer- the American, hold on. The American version, no, the American version of the office would only basically do well in North America. And you're saying, That's can that movie true. do 300 million? I, it is true. It is I, not true but, because in Europe, the American office is incredibly more popular than the UK version ever was. I, uh, look, I know you think this, but I worked on the office TV show. The, the 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 shirts for like two years, dude, and I'm telling you what the numbers did while it was popular, and it just when it was the number one fucking show, and it, the numbers aren't there anywhere globally, and they explained to us why that is. So, like, you have a feeling, and I'm telling you, I actually worked on that shit, and that's just not true. So, I like the show, I like it a lot, but. It's definitely more of a streaming thing than an Yeah, but you also have to think of, of, of the what you would need for the budget of that movie. And honestly, like what what is the budget? It's one of the Well super everyone cheap. else it's not gonna have to do anything crazy. Like you don't even need special effects. Like it, it could be a like that could be a ten million dollar film, maybe twenty million if you want to factor in contracts of, you know, like the bigger stars and stuff, but you don't have to put a lot of money into that, and that's going to do. Depends on easily. what the actors want, and to get them all together, and, right? And I know that's you, what I'm you saying. like, yes, and they would want a lot, most, and so they that will to... be the most expensive part of the movie. Uh, it's just getting the actors, but I think that the alone fact... can push your budget close to a hundred million. I don't think you understand. And, and, and how... I think it would be fine for that to be a hundred million dollar movie if if it needed to be. I think it would make it back even domestically. I think it would make it back uh, easily. But overseas, maybe <laughs> that's how easy it is to make movies, folks. Just no, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> do a movie with the global uh, popularity of The Office and have the original cast back, and I think 100 million is is an, is a fairly conservative. Uh, the the only way this makes money make globally, the only way this movie makes money globally, Chris, is if you've managed to get cast members from every version of The Office ever, so that anywhere they release it, there'd be something to see. You know and, and I don't think you need to do that, and because I think that would make probably may, yeah. maybe if you wanted to get them back in like bit parts and stuff, and not maybe their original roles in you know each kind of like area. But um, I, I don't I don't think that it has to necessarily be a global movie to be a a big uh, success. Like I mean, it could be big in North America and Europe. Maybe it's not big in China, but that doesn't necessarily mean a movie that only needs a 50 million dollar budget um couldn't do really really well you know like if it has a 50 million dollar budget it needs to make 150 million minimum and i just don't i look i know marvel makes it easy everyone goes hey just make a billion dollars anytime you make something but it doesn't quite work out that way so we'll see we'll see man maybe i'm wrong but then the day comes out and it's like hey rob was right again and i'm like yeah it's not my opinion i just i've worked on this stuff and i remember too i hired this guy um i can't remember his name he's really good he did all these like um 
what do you call that? The uh, Holy Grail, you know? Monty uh, Python and Holy Grail. He did a bunch of these, like, uh, I won't say chibi heads, but kind of bobblehead looking artwork on Deviant. Really good stuff. So we had the, the, the Monty Python and Holy Grail license. So I hit him up on Deviant and said, hey, I'd like the license that work from you. Pay you for that. Get you on some shirts. And if you'd be willing to do some some custom stuff, we know we'd like to get you on that too. And he said, sure. So I immediately put him on the office. And back when I was at this company called Mad Engine, we did this t-shirt. All it is is the cover to Civil War that Steve McNiven did where he drew. It's actually based off all these old Justice League posters uh, covers. But it's where he drew like all the characters standing and they're like looking up at you. You've seen this before. Yeah, Yeah. So I was like, let's do that with the office since we have all these characters and we couldn't get anything besides the Dunder Mifflin logo to sell on a blue Heather shirt. Um, And so I, we, we, we fucking hired him. I gave him all the reference. He hooked it up. He got a daily deviation for it because he posted on his DeviantArt. Um, We sent it in and NBC said, we love it, but we can't approve it because we have to get every actor has to approve their likeness. On anything, and you know what I mean. And I was like, "So what? So yeah, why would so they sign is... that deal? That sounds like a so, terrible thing. Like, why would you allow the actors to have approval of their likeness, especially when there's so many of those actors that were no names before?" Fox had the show. same thing when we worked on X Men Three. Every time you put an actor on there, they have to get because they had a deal where they had to pr- approve any of their likeness. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, and so it was like, "Well, what care? What actor do you feel like dealing with?" And they're like, well, well, we'll deal with Hugh Jackman because Wolverine will sell. But every other actor, you know, it's not happening. So then people are like, why don't we get a Storm shirt? And it's like, because they don't want to have to deal with her publicist and having her give approvals. And who knows how long that takes? And there's just a short window for making things. You know what? But, honestly, I was honestly surprised that we were even able to get Scotty's likeness in this magazine because we'd all know how a, much of a diva he is. I'm a like, pile he, snot. He is a, a nightmare to work with when we're trying to... Uh, you know, get some sort of caricature of Scotty. You actually called him Scotty Moe in the, the video you I made. Did, I did. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I like how you, he, so if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Chris made this video kind of going over the, what's in the new issue to show all the, the Patreon backers. And he goes, you know, this issue is great. We have all these really giant screens and it's nothing but a picture of like the smallest screens in the magazine. It's the actual Snotty Moe, the hotter snot layout. And he's talking about. And then I called him Scotty Moe. Yeah, and then he called him Scotty Moe, and I'm like, I thought maybe the audio was out of sync for a minute, like you were digging through like other parts of the issue, and they weren't lined up. But, Look, uh, I'm working through this. Like, I'm a print writer by trade. I'm not a broadcaster. Like, I, I'm still trying to get this whole video stuff down. You got, you got to work. With you have me that here, Ron Burgundy like voice though. Like, you're maybe. actually the most well spoken out of all of us. Like, <laughs> That's it. The weirdest thing is like people that I've talked to over the years especially in radio they always ask me if i'm a broadcaster or if i've been in radio and i'm like i have i have zero experience i have no idea why you're even saying that like i don't they tell know. you you have the face for radio <laughs> maybe that's what it was <laughs> you like, got you're the dash for radio. For radio yeah um but they were just like oh i hear your voice you sound like you're you'd be great in radio i'm like i i i don't know I, this is just the way i talk i don't i don't know but um Mm-hmm. I have no idea where we were going with that. Uh, Last of Us Two is uh, <laughs> apparently killing dogs. The and Last stuff. of Us Two. Um, that was fun. Um, Look, I'm not telling. Hold on. I, I just want to say I'm not telling anyone you have to like what they're doing with the game. I've personally worked with Neil Druckerman on a comic book he did once at Ape Entertainment. Uh, he did this one shot, and I drew a pinup in the back for it. 
And I thought it was well-written, and I, I thought he was super nice to me, super supportive, and I enjoyed the shit out of Uncharted 4. But if you don't like this new game, fine. But we cannot fucking sit around and get, like, we can't approve of people hacking companies and releasing their shit before it comes out. Man. That That is you know not I mean? cool. Even like I, I like that's what I thought. Like coming into this, I I didn't hear that it was an actual hack. From what I heard, it was a disgruntled employee. But it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Like that's it's still not, yeah, it's still stolen shit. A, yeah, yeah. Like for one, like especially if it was a disgruntled employee, it's like you you go into these companies and whether you sign an NDA or not, like it is just kind of like an unspoken and 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 probably a lot of times spoken rule is like what you're doing at work is not necessarily for like public consumption and especially if you're creating some sort of um like creative work whether it be a movie a book or a video game music or whatever you don't leak that stuff and you just know what it reminds me of it, this reminds this reminds me of when people hacked steam back when it first came out and were able to get fucking or they hacked into sorry valve and got some build of Half-Life 2 and put it out on the internet. And they only caught the guy because he actually hit them up, said, hey, I'm the guy who did it. Would you like to hire me to, like, you know, oh, you know, yeah. you get that job? <laughs> and oh, so they invited God. him. Yeah, yeah, we would totally like to hire you. And, they, and then he got arrested. So, like, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, look, it didn't, and people at the time were like, oh, this is broke, and this isn't anything, you know, some of it is really cool, other parts of it aren't, and and, you know, this isn't that long, and I don't know. There was people complaining at the time, too, about that leak and the quality of the materials. And then, look, the game sold. So whatever or however you feel about the content, you, you really won't know until you play it. But if you're that broken up about it and you want to teach them a lesson, the only way you can teach companies lessons is to not give them your money. That's it. It's the, it's the most effective way of uh, whether you want to boycott or just prove a point is just... It's why I don't own a Dead Rising game after anything past the first game. I never liked where they went with Dead Rising 2. Hated, I mean, 3 was beyond, and 4 is just a broke piece of, I mean, I'm not giving them my money. I'm not I mean, stealing it either. Until, uh, GameStop got a used copy of Resident Evil 6 in, and even then I was like, not. I didn't buy the next two things in the series, and now look what Resident Evil is, they learned. Not, not just because I didn't buy something, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. you make a good point. It's just like that. That is you. You're showing. You know, like fans of the series are kind of voting with their wallet, and and you know the developer, if they want to continue making those games, are going to you know go back and and find out like why the core audience didn't enjoy this and create a game that will resonate you know with that core audience, but also kind of draw in new players as well. And I think that's what most developers are trying to do whenever they make. Uh, a sequel to a video game. Having having worked on remakes, you know, and and semi sequels, I can just kind of tell you, man. Like my experience is, everyone goes in with the best of intentions. For you sure, know? Yeah, yeah. And then there's just decisions get made at certain points that not everyone <laughs> yep. agrees with. I'll tell you this: companies can pivot. Look at look at Battlefront one and two, and then EA, you know, merged uh, teamed up with Respawn, and you got Jedi Fallen Order. So right on. they can they can pivot and they can fix, you know, but just stop. I mean, really, guys, just chill out. If you really hate this version of the game, I'm sorry, you got to wait a few more years for the one after. But I assure you, they'll, they'll listen one way or the other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But don't do not fucking download, 
share, distribute stolen property like that. Don't be that, just, that, that dude. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. It's that's not cool. Um, especially just don't ruin something for other people, man. Like, because you don't know, like, because you know, like, you, you might be someone that per, you know, like, just kind of cursory likes uh, the Last of Us. What if there's you know someone else out there that yeah like you know like you have some influence over or you know like you're connected to who's the last of us is like their most one of the most favorite games ever and then you just tweet something out or you know you put something out there where you're spoiling the game and you just completely ruin that for someone whereas that you don't care necessarily if it was ruined for you because it's not a game that you you know absolutely love but for someone else that's that game and so it's just Super not cool to do that. Yeah, and the average person out there doesn't they have no idea about any of this. They just remember, oh that game I like the last time. They don't they don't follow any of this. They don't know. They don't care. I got friends that religiously buy Madden. They don't know anything that's going on with Madden until the day it comes out. Right. You know? All they, they, don't, they don't know it's coming out. Yeah, I'll pre order yeah. that. I'll get that. That's why I'm gonna be very interested to see what the sales numbers are. I wanna know if it's genuine outrage or if is it just what do they call that? Astroturfing, where you make something out to be bigger than it really is, but it. Oh, it's funny. I've not, I've not heard that one. Yeah, it's it's a whole term now. I had to look that one up. So <laughs> there you go. Okay. For what it's worth, and of course, take this with a grain of salt, but it has been uh, stated that you don't have to kill dogs to get through the game. You can get around that, but it'll be more <laughs> difficult. So I guess that's going to be a more difficult game for me. It's ridiculous. That no way! I'm not going to kill a dog. I would gladly kill a human. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to kill a dog unless uh, like unless it's just like a completely shitty ass dog. Like, I don't know, like a Pomeranian. I'd probably kill that a little bit. Oh, maybe a poodle. I'd you see how this stuff can get twisted, Chris? You know what I mean? <laughs> they play these. What they do is they transcribe these clips. Out, and when you run for Congress, this book gets put in the ad. You I'd, know I'd what kill I mean? a poodle. And then the well, ad reads, I'm snotty Mo, and I approve of this message. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> My old oh, high school okay. yearbook photo. I'm just a pile of boogers. <laughs> um, last bit of news. Um, did you guys watch that Xbox Series X uh, live stream like last week? Yeah. Where there was all that <laughs> gameplay video that everyone wants to talk about. It was touted as the reveal of Xbox, Sexbox. I'm calling it the Sexbox. Mm-hmm. Sexbox gameplay reveal. Gameplay. And they they let they really they yeah. put out a whole thing days in advance too you know yeah <laughs> I saw the emails yeah and there was going to be all this gameplay and like okay so a uh, sketch just from like maybe like a hundred percent which is all the way to zero percent which is obviously like nothing how much gameplay was shown of this like Xbox game Xbox Series X gameplay launch title event. 15% tops. 15% tops. tops. That's very, very that's upper limit. Very generous. I mean, I know what? everyone deserves a chance. Sure. <laughs> you might be able to put a decimal between the one and five, though. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I would I would be willing to bet you know, 1.5%. Yeah, you know. Yep. You know, I'm an optimist. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, I was funny. I woke up to like fifty messages of you guys all talking about it being like super positive, and then I waited 
watched it, came back. I'm like, fuck all this shit. Like, <laughs> I was thinking, like, I, you know, like, okay, <laughs> thing. Like, most of those games were like these, like, weird, like, sci fi psychological horror games. And that is, like, right up my alley. Like, I am all in on that. Like, so, like, you're talking about you do games like Condemned. That is one of my all-time, like, favorite first-person shooter series ever. So I'm all on board. And, like, it seemed like maybe, like, 40% of all the games, at least, that they showed were these, like, psychological horror games. And so that was, like, I was all in on there. Um, I thought it looked really good. Obviously, like, I, I did notice that there was a dearth of actual real gameplay. It seemed like just everything was, uh, like, you know. Debris? These- Everything yeah, is debris. Exactly. Like I was telling Chris, Scotty, I was telling him, like, hey, you remember when Chris, you, I'm oh, sorry, Scotty, you remember when the Xbox 360 came out and p- developers figured out what bloom lighting was in mm. motion blur? Mm-hmm. So every game had For bloom lighting and motion blur, right? Right? Like all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now it's just going to be trash, trash flying around everywhere, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Just leaves and trash and whatever else can just flow in the wind and everything's going to be at twilight hour so it's always just right at sunset yeah. or sunrise you know wet surfaces you know Lens like always flares. wet paved streets yeah 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 at chromatic aberration you know and i don't know man like the problem i had with the the games in this lineup is that it really felt like the series of games that are coming out on the xbox live store this october these don't feel like launch titles on on some level to me but no. I'll be I'll be surprised if any of these are actually there at launch. To be perfectly honest with you. So, I yeah. wasn't impressed by any of it. I didn't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> it was um... the real news of this. Okay, guys, the real <laughs> the, the, the exciting news. Okay, is that um, like I think it was like one of the last uh, like games that were revealed before the end was Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's the uh, the next sequel in you, the. You know you know what's really exciting is it's guess what it's turn based, <laughs> and this was also it, it the fifteen percent of gameplay RPG that we saw. Like gameplay, I like I don't know like how turn based is going to be because like, it is. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't I don't know like okay you say turn based and that that could be a million different things like when as in I take a turn and you take a turn right exactly a million but, times I mean, that could <laughs> also you could also be describing Final Fantasy seven if when you take a turn and I take a turn like no. it depends on like how dynamic the combat engine is and like what how do you define a turn you know like it it it, it how do you define a turn. Yeah, it's one person <laughs> does something, the other person does something, but you can make that and you can make that feel like a third person action game. If if well, you're lucky really good for you, it. like the game came out like in 2007, right? Like this is a remake of an original, you know what I mean? Like the game has been out for a while, right? I think so. Um This is the it's it's like the 7th sequel in Yakuza. So I I do Yakuza I 7 is terrible garbage turn-based combat. November 2019. So, yeah, it's, it's totally like turn-based. 6 months ago. Yeah, it's turn-based. I don't know. I just I just know like it it was it looked like an interesting game. Uh I I'm I I I would like I still I want to see the game in motion because I haven't actually seen real gameplay. Um, but this was the 15 percent of gameplay we actually got during this whole dumb thing. <laughs> yeah, and good, none of it job, looked like it was like traditionally <laughs> turn-based either, did it? 
Yes, I like turn-based. Okay. I, now I'm you're right. just really we know you advocate. like it, Ken. We do <laughs> this this is a us. day one launch game for Rob. You know what I mean? This is the kind of gameplay I wanted in Final Fantasy VII. Like, if Yakuza could do it, what's Square's excuse? I don't know. Yeah. But... I'm looking at it right now. It's mapped to the buttons, watching the gameplay. Yeah, it's turn-based. This is oh. a series that does not need to be turn-based. Might I add, like this is a series born and bred as an action title, um, and I just this is like P, this is like oh, when did they turn your action game went, into a turn based like, title? Oh, maybe we think it'd be oh. a good idea to do a card based online oh. game. Yeah, Metal that Gear. Sense, they did right? that. They did. They turned Metal Gear into a card based uh, game, and right? I'm sure it was super fun. Right? Pe- people say now it's one of the most underrated Metal Gear games, but they yeah. hated it when it came out. Right? They do. <laughs> Hey, the Phantom Menace is a work of fucking art. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Eliminate the first 30 minutes of that movie, and maybe we can talk, because it, most of that movie didn't need to exist. Misa no like a turn-based gaming? Too oh, bad, buddy. You know what oh. I mean? <laughs> I just like how you're like, you don't turn a brawler. I, this was the whole argument I made. One day, they're going to take something you love and make it turn-based, and you were like, that'll never happen. One episode later. Right. <laughs> it, here's the thing, though. It's like the argument is different. That would be like saying, like, like that's taking a an RPG, right? Then making mm-hmm. it a brawler, and then making it an RPG again. But no. Yakuza always no. existed as a, a Final Fantasy has always Final existed Fantasy. as a turn-based game. Exactly. Or it doesn't even make any sense. Exactly, yeah. it always existed, but then and you're now changing it isn't. something else. And but it did, and it's still also quasi turn based as well. <laughs> quasi turn based. It's like I'm quasi married sometimes. You know, it just depends on where I'm at, right? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, if you're out of the zip code, go for it. I guess. I mean, I think that's the rule, right? You know, when Marson's in town, you know, I'm quasi interested. <laughs> well, you know, like Marson's a good looking guy. I don't blame you. Yeah, you know, he's worth waiting eight hours for udon for. You know, no, he's apparently. not. inside joke inside joke (laughs) so scotty Mm -hmm. look you know how i feel about turn-based chris is obviously gonna buy this game no matter what because he's you know are you if you are you planning on getting a sex box when it comes out are you gonna wait i i'm not on board with either console yet but what consoles do you currently own that are current gen like switch and ps4 so you, at some point, it's likely you're to get a PS5. Uh, I guess so. I did the, you own a PS3? Yeah. Uh, Can you I own mean, a PS2? No, I got that lot. gifted. Not, but you had one, right? Mm-hmm. And you had a PlayStation One. Yeah. So at some point, there's going to be enough games and everything else that, and the price will come down like they always do, and you're. Over fifty percent, let's say fifty-one percent, likely to get a PS5 at some point. Probably, unless they do something crazy and do full backwards compatibility, like the Xbox is sort of claiming to do. Sort of, yeah. But let's remember the Xboxes were always based on x86 architecture, so even the original Xbox. So the PS, the reason they can't, the reason why they're having a hard time, or I say can't, is because. PlayStation 2 and 3 were really custom-built CPUs that have to be rebuilt, basically, on a chip and put into a system. Unless unless they have some magical fucking way to emulate it in software, which I just don't see how. Yeah, you know? that's why um, PS Now exists, basically. Yeah, so they can... And I, 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 
I've said from the beginning that rumor that it was going to be backwards compatible just made no sense, just architecturally speaking. So, um, but <clears throat> at some point they'll come out. Did you play any like Uncharted? Was there, was there any exclusive to PS4 that you absolutely uh, love? I mean, I'm excited for Last of Us 2. So the only thing that could have pushed me to the PS5 would be if for some reason Last of Us 2 was an exclusive to that. Uh, so not really that I, I, I don't really have any exclusivity like ties to anything out right now other than that. Spider-Man? Um, it's good. I never did finish it, but I mm, I feel like I have enough friends around that I could play it at their place or like borrow it or something. I so know. I can take it. You're not going to get a sex box at launch. No. And I guess this game is not going to be in your must-have day one Best Buy picks, right? Nah, the only reason I'd get this Yakuza would be to directly support Sega, but I'm not, uh, like, I've never been a huge fan of the Yakuza series, unfortunately. This is not a system-seller, for sure. Don't you think... It doesn't matter what system this launched on, Yakuza is not a system-seller. Right, I'm not saying it is. I'm not even claiming it is. But I'm saying, you know, when you're at... Look, I've been in those lines, and you always say, I'm just going to get the one game, but then they have a table full of extra games, and you're like, you know, I'm going to grab a couple extra because, Mm -hmm. you know, you want something new. I would say this system would do better if we're talking Sega games. They would do better with a Total War game at launch than I think this particular Yakuza game. Yeah, I could see that. Right? Honestly, yeah, yeah, I could see like just from trying to get like a good uh, like assortment of of variety out there and something that probably would hundreds of dudes, um, three people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I, I <laughs> really do. I think. I think something like that would would do better than a Yakuza game because I think it just has a much smaller like a scope of fan base than something like a Total War uh, would have, you know. So not and and I I'll, I'll say this like I am I would be in that minority who prefers Yakuza to Total War. I've never been a big Total War fan. I I love the Yakuza series. And so I can acknowledge, though, that like I, I feel like I am in a min- minority of, of people who prefer the Yakuza to Total War. And so I think that you're you're right there, Sketch. Like, I think I'll tell you right now, I, I swore off Xbox game, Xbox systems. <clears throat> um, but given that this is a turn-based uh, Yakuza game, I might now be inclined to get a day one sex box with Yakuza. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> you, I, I might put him in the car you and put well, yourself me- in hole where you have to get this now because it's a turn based <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're gonna race an RPG, you have to do it. You Yeah, you, I might I might I might wear a face mask, you know what I mean? <laughs> get to put one on the sex box so we can go, yep. you know <laughs> my sex box buddy and me, you know? You will be a hypocrite if you do not buy this day one now. I'm definitely considering it. My wife does not want to hear that, but I'm, I'm telling you, like, it's it's possible. They they re up me for another six months of work, and I'm definitely yeah, I'm going to be there day one. So, and I love how people hate that, that it's turn based. I'm getting a lot of hate here on YouTube. Like I'm looking. Oh, you will. Oh, um, just you wait. It's going to be on other stuff though. You don't have to get the sex box to get it. Someone just said it's like Final Fantasy and Yakuza switch places. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Scotty, let's jump into our feature discussion. And this is something that you uh, actually, you know, suggested that we we have here. Um, I didn't realize it going into this, especially until you mentioned it, Scotty, is that uh, we're quickly approaching the 25th anniversary of the Sega Saturn. 
Well, we're there. Right? It's happened. It's May 11th for the U.S. and uh, November 22nd of 94 in Japan. But oh, it's uh, right now. Yep, today, the That's day of this recording. The uh, the fateful Saturn Day happened back in '95 oh, at the first uh, E3 um, with good old Tom Kalinske hopping oh, up there sure, and talking sure, to us Tom. about the Saturn, and then Sony quickly oh. coming up and dropping the mic with the price tag of the PS1. Oh, those assholes! They've been doing that shit for years. Yeah. Oh man, um, but, that's uh, the thing is like, you want to be first unless mm-hmm. you're going to do something that's really going to like shake shit up. Um, because you're giving you're giving your you know your enemy time for response, and you don't want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad. It didn't have a good launch, and that was you know, for those that don't know, the Saturn got announced at E3, and not just announced, but it was announced to be in stores at the time of that announcement, and the stores did not know that that was going to happen. <laughs> so, Maybe like he like partners with you know like some key distributors yeah. and stores like with sega and sega had a very uh like uh like finite amount of systems available to actually ship and be in stores so they ended up alienating a lot of their uh you know like retail partners uh in the commercial space because they didn't get them any systems to sell at launch and it was just like it was just this huge like train wreck you know like how not to launch a system let's look at the sega saturn yeah 101 there um yeah you mentioned like stores just didn't have it like kb toys i remember uh we've all read console wars and we all recommend it um but it goes into detail of how it kind of led up to this launch day of saturn day uh which is really unfortunate the system did okay in Japan, and it was supported up through and even beyond the Dreamcast launch over there, but um, not so great everywhere else. Uh, but in the U.S., it launched with Virtua Fighter, Panzer Dragoon, um, Clockwork Knight, and uh, Daytona USA. Forgot. And eventually it, was had, it had that pack-in uh, Virtua Fighter, uh, Virtua Cop, and Daytona yes, USA. I remember that. that. That's when I got it. Like, I, yeah, I remember I, I could pick it up, and I had that pack-in. Mm-hmm. So... So it does have, I mean, it's one of my favorite consoles. Um, That might be nostalgia talking, but I love games on there like Saturn Bomberman and and the House of the Dead, the Virtual Cop. Uh, It never had its really big flagship Sonic title, though. Closest thing it got was Knights, which I do love, but that was not anything compared to Mario 64 or, you know, even Crash or stuff like that. Crash Bandicoot. You know, like for for me, I think, the 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 Saturn is always going to be one of those systems that I wish there were more 2D games on it than 3D games because I think so to Sega, did... <laughs> right? Yeah, Sega Japan for sure. But like, I I just think that the, that's what that system could have done like really really well. And I think maybe I don't know if it would have done better because like so much of the market wanted 3D, but it really honestly at that point in time it wasn't ready. Like the hardware was not ready to push 3D in a meaningful way there just weren't that many great games granted there were some um and i would say like warhawk destruction derby uh uh, twisted metal those were the 3d games for me at least were the ones that like really worked outside of that there were very few and far between at launch of like you know like the ps1 and the saturn um and so i I, it would have been interesting for me if like sega just took a completely old school approach and said like let's push everything into 2d uh and just make these really beautiful 2d games and let 
the PlayStation kind of do its thing with 3D, but those games, obviously, like, you look at some of those, like, old-school 3D games, like, say, um, uh, uh, Castlevania, and then you look at, I don't know, like a Warhawk or something, and look at the ones that, that really last and, and have that lasting visual, uh, uh, you know, kind of wow factor. And it's certainly not the 3D polygonal games. It's it's the 2D. Right, but you got to go back to the day, man. And look, at, back in the day, back in the day when this shit came out, I was the only one I knew that was buying a Sega Saturn for their Capcom games. I had the four megabyte cartridge. I owned every 2D Capcom game I could get. Love Dragon Force, love Symphony of the Night, love Legend of the Oasis. Could not believe Shining Force 3, 1 of 3, whatever, was a fucking bullshit 3D game. Pissed me off. <laughs> you know, I, I I had wished that game looked like Grandia, which was 3D, but at least had 2D textures, you know what I mean? Like, it right. looked artistic. But at the time, man, I mean, I worked at a toy store selling these things. Fucking people just were like, 2D is dead. It's old. It's a, it's for, it's a little kid shit. You know, I mean, Virtual On was the only game I could get people to play, you know, that was like, this is this is great. You know, this looks real, like like new. That was just the mentality at the time that anything that was 2D was old and dumb and anything 3D was the future. And that's that, you know, which made me laugh because um, when I got a, when I finally got Final Fantasy seven, I was like, yeah, there's. These little characters are 3D, but this game is mostly 2D backgrounds. Like, <laughs> yeah, pre-rendered shit. Yeah, it's mostly three. It's there's a lot of 2D stuff here, you know. Like, in the battle animations are 3D, but like they're mostly movies, you know. Like, so I don't know, man. Like, I agree with you, but at the time, trying to get anyone to play uh, Astral or Magic Knight Ray Earth was almost impossible, you know all things considered like it just wasn't happening yeah so yeah and not to mention that fucking just had a dumb name dude like saturn was just it just didn't say next generation people didn't know what it was and remember we had the the saturn dealerships open up so it was named after kind of a you know a yuppie the cars saturns were considered to be like a yuppie car you know which i didn't care but you know americans are you know if you if you came out with a game console now and it was called a uh, Yaris, you know what I mean? Like the it, Sega Yaris. <laughs> the Sega. Sega Rio. Right. Actually, that right. would be a much better name. You know, like you have to like try to remove what we know, what we kind of know to be true in terms of what would be long lasting. Like, hey, we know the 2D games would hold up better. And go back and say, okay, well, what, what, what can you really apply now? Now it's weird because if I say, hey, check out this VR game, you know, my friends are like, the fuck that? I just want my same old shit. You know, I'm like, it's weird now. People don't want, you don't want, I don't know what new is anymore. Like, what would be the new equivalent? Like, when you look at a PlayStation, you'd see the future of gaming, right? 3D gaming. Look at Virtual Fighter. You'd say, that's the three future of 3D fighters. When I say go check out VR, people are like, I don't fucking want to do it. I don't fucking hate it. You know, I'm going to play my... 2D pixel 16 bit. Tell you this though, here's the thing though: is like Odin, as a you know, like soon to be eight year old, is begging to begging me to buy a uh, a, a quest to to be able to play VR. So, while you say that sketch, I I think, and I, I don't think it's just Odin, but I think there's a new generation of young kids who are interested in VR and want to do it. So I think 
we'll continue to see that uh, kind of excitement and and wonder about virtual reality continue to grow with a, a new generation of kids uh, who are going to continue to advance the technology to, to hopefully I wonder, what we want. I wonder if they had packed in the internals of the 32X with the CD drive. Mm-hmm. If that had, You know what I mean? And they had just called it the Sega 32X, and that had been the na- official name of the next system. It is kind of yeah. weird you know? the naming system they went with because it was pretty spelled out beforehand after Genesis anyway because it's like Sega CD okay and like 32x is like oh that's 32 more than 16 you know like all that stuff that they went with Saturn instead. Yeah, but if it would if it just had the internals of like the 32x, you know, with the CD drive, then I think you know you, they would have stood a better and, it, and and look it had to have a Sonic game at launch you know. Like, yeah, that was a big detriment there. So it's just a shame that there really is no way to get a lot of Saturn games. I mean, other than the Polymega, you know, like, so that's it, right? <laughs> well, it's the same thing like you were saying with the PlayStation 3. It's hard to get that in the PS2. Like, the, it was kind of the same thing with the Saturn. That's why we don't see um It's ports. very similar. I, I made friends with a developer at Angel Studios when I worked at this toy store at the time. Angel Studios. Because they did the uh, Ken Griffey baseball game, you know, for Nintendo and stuff on the Super oh, God, Nintendo. So he, yeah. Good. Yeah. And so, like, the most he was exciting worth... baseball commercials. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sketch, but that was like the best baseball videoing commercial, like, that I had seen up to that point. I just remember being super stoked at, at that because the gameplay and just the, the, the animation of the, the sprites looked so good. It's so crisp, like on on that, uh, you know, during the commercial, I was like, I have to have this game. So good. Well, he had dev kits, and because I was playing the the Saturn demo thing, and I'm like, you know, I really like this. But I like Virtual On, but like, what is with the issue? Why is it so hard? And at the time, he was explaining to me that it just it's because of the micro coprocessors that they had to use assembly, and you have to sync them up, and it's really designed. It works better when you're doing 2D games because you don't have a bottleneck, and there's all these like really specific technical things that now I'm sure there's a million fucking YouTube videos that just explain it and, you know, easy to read detail. But he was the only one at the time who just told me, like, it's just, it's going to be impossible to do the 3D games they want to do at the the speeds and and the refresh rates and that they want to do them at. And it was really designed to be a 2D system. Yeah. I'm like, well, why did it, why did they do that? And he's like, I don't know, Japan. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the Panzer Dragoon saga post-mortem from i think it was from a a gdc or something but they go into detail on how they really designed like every polygon and then literally put the polygons together to like just make the dragon like how they couldn't just make the dragon they had to make each piece of the dragon and then put it all together because it wasn't made to actually handle 3d objects and it it just it kind of blew my mind and put a lot of things into perspective like it was too much to try to do uh unfortunately someone did the same thing with um tomb raider on the saturn and showed you like it was just like here's how you know the basic z-axis and how they you know fake the floating point on the ps version but on the saturn here's how they had to trick you it's essentially a 2d game that looks 3d yeah like they really tricks you into thinking like it's 3d but it isn't you know and you could feel it when you're playing the system like this doesn't feel like i'm playing a 3d game yep you know not even remotely near it when you compare it to even like a Toshinden or go play virtual fighter two on there and go play it on the 32 X. Like it's a completely different experience, you know? 
It's yeah, the first it's like is way better. It's like when you're playing like uh, Doom or Duke Nukem or something. When you kill an enemy and the body's on the ground, if you stare at that body and like rotate yourself, it it just stares at you. Like that one sprite is just moving along with you because they're like, "Fuck it, it's dead." <laughs> we don't need to animate this thing anymore. Like stuff like that. If you want a kind of a bare bones example of why they uh, went that route sometimes, but I would love to ask some developer friends of mine like is it possible to get minecraft running on a saturn like could you do hmm. it just the basic base minecraft not the crazy shit right there, there was i know there was a dreamcast version because i i ended up playing that a long time ago like because if because i would it would if i had a delorean let's say we could get it working on the saturn and you if you could get minecraft as the launch title for the sega 32-bit system you know what i mean would that would that have done it like I yeah, wonder, I, I think it may have. Like it, you know, like if it, you had a a workable Minecraft, like I think that. I I think if you marketed it somehow along with Legos at that point in the '90s, maybe something along that. Like I feel like that might be a situation where it's ahead of its time, because I don't know. It depends on it's it's all in the marketing. We've said that we say that every episode. <laughs> It would also be how much, like, could you realistically uh, replicate the Minecraft experience, you know, back then, you know, with no a, internet a lot of or that 56k like or whatever, you know, right? And and just like the sense of exploration and discovery that you have in that game, like, could you replicate the core gameplay and and that you know kind of thing on the Saturn? I don't know. I'm trying no to think idea. of a game that came close to that. Like, what was uh, creatively allowed you to do stuff like that because like the lego games back then i remember there was like lego island and and pc stuff but i'm trying I to think, think of something like that lets you just build some, whatever um, hmm? there were some rpg makers on was, hmm. was the first one on ps1 or ps2 and i think that probably was like one of the early things where it allowed like kind of community created content Pro yeah ps1 i do remember that was on ps1 um, that if we want to sit here and list like what could have been done <laughs> better with the Saturn, oh but, no! But I do think Minecraft is a game that, in some form, could have been made as we know it now. You know what I mean? It did in 1996, and I so I just think like, you know, I think that that would be the game to think. Well, I think you know they could have done that, but look, at the end of the day, for whatever reason, in 95, 96. There just wasn't a lot of heat behind the name Sega for whatever reason, you know. I can just I just remember it kind of just around Mortal Kombat three that whole like nineties, you know. Because Sega. I think, yeah, because I think a lot of it was gamers were kind of burned on the thirty two X on the Sega CD, so and they were just kind of underwhelmed with what Sega had shown with the Saturn, especially compared to like what Sony had been throwing down with the PlayStation. Like they were doing really well with like connecting with like a younger audience and, and showing these just like kind of high octane 3d action games um well forget gamers because I, I didn't i didn't live in a town with tons of gamers i'm just saying that the kids at my school you would always hear kids that didn't normally care about games would talk about mortal Kombat codes or something right and that kind of went away around 90 i was a senior year in, in 1986 i was a senior in high school and a lot of that conversation was kind of on sports, you know, like like Bulls basketball or right. football games. Were, I mean, I was like, people were like used to play Doom. They were playing fucking Doom on PCs. So like, but they already 
they already shot their load with Doom ports by that point, right? Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't have done it. They needed a brand new, exclusive to the system, Doom-style game that could be played online at launch. And I think that would have actually helped fuel... Like if I know you're like, oh, online gaming was too soon, but not for Doom. You could Something simple like that could have been done. You know, um, if they had had something... Instead of Streets of Rage, it was like Guns of Rage, you know, <laughs> Guns of Rage. Like <laughs> it's all like cyber synth and shit. But yeah, like that was just the vibe at the time was like a Diablo maybe. Like a lot of those kids who were playing Mortal Kombat were going toward that PC side of gaming with StarCraft and Doom and 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 Diablo. I wasn't in that group. I was like Hakuna Trigger, you know, like I was like <laughs> I was that kid, but yeah, it was weird how it just kind of the the hype for those sorts of things just went away at that time. Right on. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I I think they confused their audience as well because they're like, get the Sega CD, get the 32X, but then they're like, no, you should get the Saturn. Well, why? We didn't know to get these other things, and then we did, and it wasn't good. And now you want and us it to get this. It was all within like a year and a half time frame. It felt like too. It was like very <laughs> two WrestleManias. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, like I, you know, like I. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but I, I can't imagine between like the uh, the the release of the well, when 32X, the thirty two X came out, when the I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I do actually uh, recall when the thirty two X came out in America, the Saturn was out in Japan. Yeah, yeah. So everybody was and, like, "Why would I get either of these? Mm-hmm. Or which one?" Well, do when I, I get? worked at when I worked at Playco, we had the Genesis. Model 3, Nomad, oh. 32X, Sega Saturn, all on the shelf oh, at the wow, same time. Oh, wow, I forgot about the Nomad. Yeah, there's... Oof. All on the shelf. And, and we had some some leftover Jag, Jaguar units, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting there collecting dust. Then we had the PlayStation rack when they were still long boxes before they went to the Square yeah, yeah. Oh, the bumper things, were, yeah. Yeah, so we had like 15 copies of uh, Street Fighter, the movie, the game. That was fucking horrible. And uh, Descent. Which I played the show. Yeah. more pissed off at Sony for just creating those like long boxes and they had to create like whole new shelving spaces for, to accommodate that. It was a fucking pain. And yeah, then, I'm sure it was. And then Nintendo showed up and they're like, we got long boxes, but they're horizontal. And I was like, mm. you fucking dicks. You know, yeah. like I have to fucking rearrange this shit. Yep. <laughs> like, it was a real pain in the ass. But when, when the Nintendo 64 came out, you, you, you had, we had some SNES content in that store. But it wasn't like, how do I say this? Like, it wasn't like you had NES, SNES, Game Boy. Like, well, you had the Game Boy stuff, but the Game Boy stuff was always there. But you next to Nomad, you had leftover Game Gear shit in the back. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't like bleeding over, I guess. It felt like there was sixteen of something. But that I'm going to tell you, the average person wasn't complaining about that. They were complaining that there wasn't new content for whatever one that they had bought into. Mm-hmm. See that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That, that goes back the... to the Xbox thing. We just saw, like, where's the actual new games we want, you know? And when was the last big release for your Xbox One, Chris? Like, when was the last Whoa. big game? Would that I think, been... let's say, if there was a Game Pass. It, it would have had to be Game Pass stuff. Um, uh, Microsoft would want you to say it was Gears or something. Gears I Tactics? Mean, Gears 5. Is, is Isn't Gears Tactics a turn-based? Uh... <laughs> yeah, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> nah, just checking. No. All right. That's the one. Uh, I would right. say the the last big 
Well, Xbox Maybe Halo like, 5, but that lost Steam almost immediately. Sea of Thieves. There's there's games. I mean, there, there's big... Sea of Thieves was their last big push? No, no. I, what I'm saying is, like, there's other been a, a, a bunch of other, like, Exclusives big releases on, <laughs> on Game Pass that uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you, though. Like, I'm not a hardcore Xbox gamer enough to be able to know that offhand. Oh, anyway, that's why, that's why I run a Sega magazine, folks. The Saturn released, and you should celebrate it. I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna stream some sort of Saturn, Saturn something. Maybe I'll play some of the launch games or something this week on Twitch. But we just wanted to acknowledge that it is 25 years old. Yeah, well, you can play the sequel to Shadow Squadron as well on the Saturn. Which there was another one Shadow Squadron. That game. one is it? Just another Shadow? Squadron? I can't remember. There's another Shadow Squadron game on. Uh... I played it. Wait. Let's see. I used to, my a friend of mine stole my fucking game, so I don't have them anymore. But I used to play the shit out of it. Yeah, you know? I will like a good look friend. it up. Stellar. Oh yeah, assaults? real good friend. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I promise I won't steal any of your, you know, video games when I come visit. Uh, does that I'll sound right? Stellar assault, one. Rob. I think so. I'm trying to get, get actual. I remember, I'm not good with names. Rogue reporter Scotty, he's he's nailing it down on the scene. Yeah, give me yep. a second here. And I'll yeah, it's Stellar Assault. It. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, as we're wrapping up this episode, uh, what streams do we got coming up this week, Scotty? Uh, what, you said you you mentioned like an idea that you're going to be doing some Saturn related. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to stream like you know virtual. I mean, the the thing with the Saturn is so many arcade ports that I could probably do. I could probably just play a little bit of Daytona, a little bit of Virtual Cop, and uh, Virtual Fighter, and um, mm-hmm. Panzer Dragoon. Clockwork Knight is a good time. I might do that. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, um, that's a good game. Yeah, that's a good one. And then Thursday, you can always do some like turd based uh, RPGs on there too for for Sketch. I have every single one. Um, <laughs> Dragon Force. Grandia and Shining Forth. If you want to just shoot your wallet now, buy try to buy okay. all those games. Um, but and then cheap. Thursday, yeah. what's that? Super cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Super affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, Thursday night throwdown might be some Bomberman because uh, Corey, Anti Chris, and I kept talking about Super Bomberman R that we all have on the Switch. We might mess around in that. Um, and then, uh, since we do have for the sideshow coming up, we're going to watch Demolition Man, I guess, has been decided. Uh, we might do a watch party for that, or try to do... That's all the rage right now, so we might try to do a watch party so that everyone can watch along and have a little more input on the crazy movies that we watch. I would argue that this might be the most commercially successful film we will have watched for the sideshow, probably. Good good claim. Let, I, I'd be interested in, in actually tracking that down. I'll have to do do some run some numbers, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Yes, run the numbers. I so like run that. Get the secretary to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we no, got, a lot, we got stuff I, I coming look up. Forward to doing like a, a a watch party. I think I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I think we had kind of an impromptu one. Uh, when you were here for too many games, Scotty, when we just got randomly oh, drunk one night. It, I don't even remember what we watched. We watched was... Brain Scan, you fucking idiot. That's right. It was Brain Scan. <laughs> and we had a great time. We were just like riffing on the movie. Morrison and was I... falling asleep, and you and I were having a great time just laughing at how ridiculous <laughs> I was asleep, it is. right? Yeah, you had upstairs. already gone to bed. Yeah, I think this was this was like long after you had gone to bed, and for some reason, Marcia and I were up, and Chris is like, I got him now. I'm going to put Brain Scan on. <laughs> 
You loved it. You loved I it. I did oh. unexpectedly enjoy that movie. And I think it would just be this is the kind of fun thing that like we can kind of continue to do. This would be a good thing where you know we may have a few soda pops while we watch the movie and just kind of uh, have fun with it and get silly. You know, basically keep an eye like if you're not already in the Discord, hop in there or just follow us on Twitter and you'll uh, get all the updates through those feeds. That's right. And then obviously we're going to continue to stream. You know, like every day. Throughout the week, I think pretty much Monday through Friday, we were streaming. We take the weekends off. Uh, but uh, one of the Megavision stream stream team will be streaming like every pretty much every day of the work week. Just about. Yeah. So um, and other than that, I mean, we finished issue nine of the magazine. We're on to uh, working on issue 10. And we're really excited about it. Uh, and we're going to continue to update you. So just keep listening to each episode of the Megavision show to, to hear the latest. Uh, but also jump onto our Patreon if you're not already subscribing. It's patreon.com slash Megavisions. And if you want to try to purchase some back issues of Megavisions, whether it's the physical version or the digital version, you can go to megavisionsmag.com and in the, in the top nav bar. Click that shop button and you'll be able to go directly to our web store where you can purchase those back issues. Uh, so just keep and, and in addition to, you know, the, those issues, we are also uh, posting, you know, daily Sega news and reviews and other preview coverage as well. So it's kind of a one stop shop to get all your Sega stuff. Yepers. That's right. I was waiting for a response, and you finally gave it to me. Uh, Sketch, you got anything going on? Uh, yeah, NDA. NDA. So, nothing. You can, <laughs> yep, twitch.com slash NDA, and you can watch Sketch do all of his uh, sketchy things. I think in a month or so. Here and there. I'll be doing more of I'm just under crunch for a project, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to hopefully in the next week or so, I should be starting work on a project that I have talked about, which is Berserk Boy. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping to get their funding squared away soon, and then I can start work on that. So nice. that'll be my first my first indie game, you know? So super excited about that. Indie Rob is what we'll start calling you now. No, Sketchcraft is fine. The brand <laughs> is there. All right, thank you. Just, it doesn't have the ring as Indie Rob. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I don't know. It really I'm does. Not, yeah. not selling yeah, it. My URL is worth ten grand. Oh, good you know that? What about Shiny yeah. Force? How much is that worth? Uh huh. Seventeen ninety nine a year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I can prove it. <laughs> I have the receipts. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Mega Vision Show. We will be back uh, later on this week, next week, with a sideshow episode of Demolition Man. I cannot wait to do that. It's going to be fun stuff. Stick with us uh, and be sure to start reading issue nine of megavisions we are out see you later happy saturn day saturn day